Number one, Star Wars. Number two, comics. Number three, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit. Number four, Mario. Number five, Weird Al. Number six, Batman. Number seven, Cal. Number eight, The Simpsons. Number nine, TV. Number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s. But before they all sold out, see it all together. Are you with me now? Hey everybody, welcome back to Nerds Ruin Everything. I'm Logan. And I'm Adam. And uh, we don't have an agenda today because neither one of us got to go see Scream 6, which uh, is kind of confusing because the last Scream, which was Scream 5, was just called Scream, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. No, no, no. My question is, why didn't they just call it Scream Ghostface Takes Manhattan? Yeah, so before we started recording, we were talking about Jason Takes Manhattan. And, I mean, I guess we kind of sort of said, like, we could just talk about horror movies or horror in general, which I think is a, it's weird to do this in March, but you'd think this was an October discussion, but... It's whatever scream is out there. We, I feel like we both probably have similar but also vastly different appreciations of horror as a genre. Um, definitely, I think that that is the case. Um, I mean, we grew up in the eighties, so like, yeah. there's going to be there's definitely crossover feedback because how can you not with some of the most the the, the pillars? But then when it gets into the micro. I think that that's where we vary it, and it's, but it's always like, it, it's like, like if we were comparing it, it, it's maybe we're not in the same room, but we're definitely in the same fucking house. Like, yeah. you know, it, it's like that, that house that's built, it's really funny to kind of see, like, I now understand like, like there's a division between like multiple generations and what, like, and the scary films that we, we ingest. Right. Um, like Gen Xers and and millennials, which we're kind of like on that cusp of, uh, like we're very steeped in the '80s and '90s horror films. Um, you yeah, know, it's, as it's, much as like okay, it's weird, right? Because we yeah. do kind of fall in between where it's like I love, not love. I I can enjoy slasher movies, but also. Mm-hmm. I don't like, like, this is blasphemy, but, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, slasher Mm -hmm. movie, more or less, but, like, not really my thing. But also, The Ring is, yes, a remake, but, like, also one of the best horror movies ever made, because that shit was visceral in the theater, man. Like, and things yeah. like the Blair Witch Project, and, like, it, it's it's so weird that we fall in that, like, like you said, Gen X, but also millennial kind of thing. Um, and, like, like go ahead. No, 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 what were you going to say? I, 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 I'm, I'm actually I just, the, like, my nieces, like, do mm. kind of, like... Uh, the younger ones, the just now ten, mm-hmm. the 14, 15 year old, like the horror stuff that they like, 
it's so that like I don't know. It's just not anything that really appeals to me at all. And like I'm taking them to go see Scream. That's one of the especially Ryan's daughter Casey. It's one of the franchises that she does get on board with. But like the Halloween mm-hmm. movies, she doesn't really care about. Like she'll That's watch them, but she has no. And I'm just like Halloween is my favorite. Like if you're talking horror movie, like I will go Halloween every time. Any one of them, except the Rob Zombie ones. Um, <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> it that that's. To me, that's more trauma than horror. Like, I know it gets into, like, scary yeah. stuff into the movie, but, like, you're... And I, I can kind of appreciate what he was trying to do, but, like, really, you're, like, adding the, the trauma of his upbringing, which wasn't in any of the original films. To me, that's what's fucking terrifying about the first Halloween movie, is that, like, who is this guy? Why is he doing this? What is going on? Like... There's no explanation for anything. It's just a bad fucking day for these people. Like, the worst day of their life. <laughs> Absolutely. No, no, no. And you're 100% right. Um, uh, I do love I do love the Halloween franchise. And, uh, and all of its corners. Like, what I love about, like, 80 slashers, like, the three pillars, right? Uh, Jason, Freddy, and Michael are that... Those films, once they get, once they get into about four or five, they go off the rails, <laughs> and they don't come back until they get rebooted. And even then, like their reboots, like they're still off the fucking rails. I mean, Jason X, Jason in Space, like that's one of my favorites. It is because it's it has one of the best moments in any horror film ever. That is stupid, brilliant, hysterical, and also kind of terrifying. It's when. He's like got that dude cornered in a room or something, and he just like reaches for him, but then he just takes the machete, and that guy's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's, "It's cool, guys." He just wanted his knife back, and then he fucking kills him. <laughs> it's just like this is so stupid. Uh, well, <laughs> but it's re- brilliant, re- like right, like or when they bring him back to life and they put him in that VR thing. Yeah. Um, and the two girls come up to him and he's like trying to slash them and he doesn't know what the fuck's happening. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, oh my God. I mean, like Friday the 13th, I feel like it, like it's like the first one is it's okay, but the thing doesn't really soar until like the, the third one when he really becomes Jason. But even then they're terrible, but they're so just wildly off with their storytelling like like the Tommy Jarvis stuff like like Tommy Jarvis like the way that the timeline works if you really like think about it like the like if if they were going to do it chronologically by the time they get to um before Jason X right um the the series like i think it's Jason goes to hell Jason goes to hell is made in like 1994 or 1995 but the way that the timeline works with skipping with Tommy Jarvis if that's the correct timeline it's actually like 2018 uh, like 20 uh like 2008 like uh, yeah. 2008 or 2009 that's nuts like but nobody i mean like nobody but even like even horror fans kind of just go oh well it's just you know it is what it is i mean you know um but uh yeah like 
okay, so like I'm curious because I'm so I'm so stuck in my own like you know my own kind of like quagmire of film. Like what? Like what are like what are the, the like? I don't even know what to call them now. Like the kid, like the teenagers now. What are they like? What horror wise are they into? Like are they? Is it like? Teen Wolf. I mean, no, not even Teen Wolf. Teen Wolf was ten years ago. So, like, what currently are they into? I mean, like Megan. You know, that was uh, okay. pretty popular. And uh, my Ryan's daughter loves the um, the James Wan franchise. Uh, oh, uh, the country. Yeah, like uh, that whole the Conjuring, Conjuring universe thing. Annabelle. Yeah. Yeah. She, Annabelle. She digs all of that. The nun. Yeah. Okay. So they uh, like they like the kind of like a lot. Uh, the boy? You mean the Brahms? The boy Brahms? Really? Yeah, that's the one. That's spoil possible spoilers for the boy. That's the one where you think it's a haunted doll or something. Turns out it's the kid like living in the walls or whatever. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She liked that one a lot. She made me watch it, and she was just like. She's like, there's one part in this movie you're just not gonna believe, and like I watched it and it was fine, but I was like, yeah, I I kind of saw this before, except it was way fucking scarier, and it was called The Ring, and this chick crawled out of a TV, and I think I lost a part of my soul, <laughs> like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, cause like we we been through that so we've been through the j-horror and the k-horror stuff but then it getting remade like what i always find interesting about horror and horror fandom in general is just how durable it is and they don't give a sh if a movie is scary it doesn't it doesn't fucking matter who's starring in it it doesn't matter who directed it it doesn't matter the budget like i mean like i have i have friends that are like deeply deeply into horror and they'll tell me about shit and i'll watch it and it costs about three bucks and there's like one big scare in it that's actually effective and i'll go what the hell i was like you tell me but i mean you know it all like you know as they explain it, it all leads up to that scare but it's great and it's like like i have yeah. to say like true blue it died in the wool horror fans are some of the most like adventuresome like horror and, like uh and very fans. forgiving like they yes. seem to be really, really forgiving of, like, I feel like the uh, superhero fandom could learn something from horror movie fans, where we oh, yeah. we kind of just like we we've all collectively more or less gotten to a point where it's just like we have superhero fatigue, and it's just like yeah, this ain't good enough, man. We saw Infinity War and Endgame. This is not good enough anymore. <laughs> Meanwhile, horror fans are just like. Oh wait, the CG out up dancing doll lady. Oh, this is great, man! <laughs> like, give us more of this. <laughs> and yeah. not that, that I know you like. I haven't seen Megan. I know you really loved it uh, and had a good time with it. But like, superhero fans don't do that. Like, they, it seems like we're no. all kind of just at a point where we go to not have a good time and just bitch about what we didn't like. Um, and meanwhile, horror movie fans. Not that at all. There are movies that they've out and out rejected. I can't think of anything recently, but like talking about like the Friday the 13th and like the rebooting of things, like Halloween seems to be able to still stand like despite all its messiness. Meanwhile, 
Friday the 13th and uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street are two very specific franchises that they tried to reboot and nobody was fucking having it. Like, just no... Evil Dead, too. Like, they did that new Evil Dead movie and people were just yeah. like, yeah, that that was all right, but, like, nobody wanted to go any further with it. Um, so there are franchises well, that they seem to not be able to reboot and that that's kind of curious because screams now on its i mean i know it's the continuation of the story but kind of technically what its second reboot really mm -hmm. so yeah. <clears throat> um because it had one like was scream four in the middle there that kind of sort of didn't like it had something to do with everything else but it just kind of felt middling and then they did the series which was semi-successful and then they brought it back to film um so yeah yeah it's weird what what survives rebooting or reimagining or whatever and then what doesn't you know no no absolutely uh, um it was, I mean, well, like, Scream is a very weird fucking uh, franchise because, like, I mean, so Wes is, like, the fourth is kind of like this weird random outlier that Wes and Kevin made because, you know, like, there was nothing that Wes could get made anymore. And so he had to go back to kind of get the, get the boost. And it's just, it's weird because it's, it's a random outlier, but it's really not because... Now it's going to be like like the weirdest part about Scream Sex Six Sex Scream Sex. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that reminds me of that fucking my favorite joke in fucking League of Their Own. Uh, Jimmy goes up to the goes up to the altar uh, at the church and he goes, "Thank you, God, uh, for that woman in Tuscaloosa. You know who you're talking. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. She kept on screaming your name." And then he does the whole crossing over the. But then he points in the air like Elvis, and I'm just yeah. like, oh my god! <laughs> but um, it's weird because like the thing that nobody is talking about right now, and they've done a great PR job of uh, of not talking about it. Um, what is the whole Nev Campbell of it all, and her not getting paid, and her not being in the sixth movie? But nobody's really talking about it. Because it was talked about and then it just, I don't know, it just went under the rug. Um, and it's just interesting because, I mean, you know, we know that uh, uh, Gail was in it and all of this other stuff. And I just feel like there's a lot that it's funny how like weird and discombobulated this, this, this series has become because of something like that like a continuity it's like okay so spoilers for scream 2022 which just came out last year um so weird to me sydney doesn't die <laughs> yeah i know like it's not like sydney doesn't it's not like sydney dies in in the movie she doesn't like she's alive in it um at the end so but it's not like like kind of gets her happy ending though she kind of does she is she kind of does but we are but we both like like we both know that like in these franchises like a like so like i feel like that's kind of part of the problem with for me with screen five or screen 2022 whatever you want to call it is that the one person that you're fully invested in 
like dies. Like, and they, and, and you can tell from the beginning that he's going to die. And I will leave it at that. But it's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. It, it's just, it's weird because it's like in the first, like, I know they were trying to do the Force Awakens with like Scream 2022. But here's the, like, the weirdest funny part is, is that you instantly knew who the killer was in Scream 2022. But in, like, even, like, you know, like, let's go ahead and cut back to 30 years ago, literally almost 30 years ago. I don't know. It was like 24 or 24, uh, 24 years ago when we were, uh, no, it was 25 uh, when we were watching Scream in 97 did we really think that that the kill like you know skeet ulrich and and um shaggy's matthew, character yeah, matthew lillard <laughs> matthew lillard were the killers like we didn't like that that like that whole flipping of the script and like holy shit are you kidding me and there's two of them like yes i mean like you know they're taking from history with uh those two uh those two kids that killed or those two people that killed uh, that were serial killers, but at the same time, this is not something you were expecting. And because you knew that cast slightly when you were younger, like you know, they were all up and comers and stuff, and we knew them from different things, you weren't expecting them to be the killers. And it just felt like 2022 was like, oh, let's just rehash this, but we're gonna cast like the most famous people in this movie like the most famous like one of the most famous people in this movie that's kind of in the background and you wonder why is he taking the role you know exactly why he's taking the role yeah you know um but that's all to say like this one from the trailers like we talked about i mean this looks fucking awesome right because it's ghostface takes new york um regardless of like the small like little gripes i had like like i said like nev campbell but you, you you're right like she does get her her happy ending off into the off into the sunset, but I mean, also I was like, didn't she get that in in Scream Four? Yeah, I mean, she it's kind of gotten it a couple of times. Um, so I, I want to talk about this idea of like horror, maybe more than any. Well, I don't know. I don't want to say maybe more than any other genre, but like, mm-hmm. there's something about the horror genre. That where you can keep doing the same thing with slight alterations mm-hmm. and it be successful. Like, I, it's weird. Like, you can apply that to, like, some drama stuff, I guess. But, like, you know, if you're a horror movie fan um, or just a fan of a specific like subgenre, like I I mm-hmm. generally like slasher movies. Okay, like I could watch. I maybe not in a row, but I could spend two weeks watching the Friday the Thirteenth movies, or the Halloween movies, or the uh, or, um, Nightmare on Elm Street movies, or or the mm-hmm. Scream movies, or and they're all basically the same fucking movie. Like yeah. when you get down to it, it it. It is the procedural like cop show or whatever that we have on TV now, like where like every episode is the same, but like you still come back for every episode. And so uh, uh, long story short and not to get into like reading things, but like, you know, I've been on my big Stephen King, like going back and picking up things I hadn't read. I started reading this book later 
um, which I texted you about briefly. I we hadn't really talked about what it's about, but mm-hmm. um, so it's it's about a kid who sees dead people and can talk to them, which you find out in the first like it, it, they're not chapters. You know how he does his little like sub chapter whatever thing he does where it's not really a chapter it's just numbered like this is the first section second section um and it's yeah. a short book so it it's all one everything sub chapters there's no actual chapter and like three pages in i'm just like how did he write this and like how did he start writing this and not immediately just be like well, they made a pretty fucking famous movie about a kid that saw dead people and helped dead them. Dead people, yeah. And why the fuck would I ever try to do something else in that genre? But horror lends itself to like, oh, that's an interesting idea. I'm going to take it. I'm not saying that he stole it. It's Stephen King. He he could have wrote like a, a story synopsis in 1983. And then, you know, just now come back to it. But, you yeah. know, uh, it's, it's fun. I kind of addressed this on recent episodes of the King cast, too, of like uh, these ideas that like you have the same idea as somebody else. And mm-hmm. how do you talk yourself into like not giving up on it because somebody else had a like oh. It, it was they were talking to the guys, uh, a quiet place, the guys that wrote the first. Oh, OK. And that the 65 is their new movie. 65. Yeah. Yeah. Which is apparently flopping. I, I hate to hear that. Uh, I really oh. wish they hadn't spoiled it in the like to me that like that big reveal would have been like uh, planted that apes level of like, holy fuck, he's on yes. Earth the whole time, you know, <laughs> like. You know, it, it's but, but but I mean, you know, it, it's unfortunate because like everybody needs everything explained to them. Yeah, like it, everything needs to be in the trailer nowadays, and that's which sucks. is, I, I mean, kind of like you might get like going back to horror movies, you might get mm-hmm. for the most part like some of the scares in the horror movie, but like. The, the fucking scream marketing is not going to reveal to you who the killer is. They're not no. going like most of the time horror movie marketing is there to like pull it's probably the only genre of film marketing that actually still works more or less to the people that it, it it's aimed at, you know, because it's aimed at like you want to go in and see the scares but then that's how they get you and then they you know the, the they flip the script with that oh the boy's living in the wall the whole time he's still alive or you know oh there were two killers or oh maybe this time there's three or you know it's just whatever it is um mm-hmm. like um i think uh, i i mean you probably remember this one of my favorite marketed horror movies was from when i was a kid in 1994 we which we texted about for a while how many great movies came out in 1994 Wes craven's new nightmare is one of the most brilliant horror movies 
ever fucking made, I think. Oh, absolutely. It it it's it starts the whole the whole reflect self-reflexive, let's go ahead and like talk about a killer, a serial killer, and the movie details uh, like in serial killers. I mean, it's it's the film that Wes had to make to crawl so that he could run with Scream. Like yeah. there's no there's no Scream without that movie because it is so kind of like I love that movie. I really do adore it. I love the, I love the I love that Wes is in it himself and he like and all of his crew is in it. It's almost like a like he decided to inadvertently do this love letter to his crew because from what I understood Wes was a very 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 um uh allegiant person like his his crew was basically his family um from the moment that he got a, a like a uh, a union crew that crew stayed with him for mo- like other than like dropping off to do better things and bigger things they stayed with him and part of his kind of like love letter to them was new nightmare because it's such a like I'm surprised more movies don't use that concept of let's make a slasher movie and the slasher comes to life or, you know, the killer comes to life and starts wreaking havoc on the set. Um, it's great. Like, I love that movie. That fucking movie is awesome. I, I like, mean, it, that it is part- stuck with me. Like all these years, I, every time I think about Friday mm-hmm. or Friday, th- Nightmare on Elm Street, I'm like, you know, I, is the reason they can't reboot that franchise because like maybe maybe that one it doesn't get the recognition it deserves but like that's technically the last film in that series and it goes out on a fucking beautiful high note and playing with all of the tropes just everything down to like well is she insane like is this woman losing her mind you know, and it, you know, it's weird that it, Scream comes back around to do basically the same thing. Like when uh, a lot of people, uh, Scream fans, uh, probably think Scream Three is one of the worst of the the. I, I can't say trilogy anymore, but um, mm-hmm. to me, it's my favorite because it it becomes a whole like snake eating its tail thing. You know, it really does. <laughs> and it's it's Wes. It's Wes. Like, you know, Wes still being playful. Like, let's be honest. Like, he, he really still does. Ha- like the thing I feel like, like at the end of it that I miss about Wes now that he's gone is that even in his like, even in his last film, um, he was always playful. Like he was always trying to figure out a way to kind of push something that interested him that was outside of the horror realm right like he tried to bring stuff into the horror realm always like it didn't matter whether he was making sequels or anything and like i mean screen three is like like you said it's like it's eating its own it's eating its own tail it's talking as much about like sequels as it is about the horror the horror like the horror franchise, like horror and also especially fame because like the weirdness of like what I like about it is, is that like there's that moment, there's that whole thing of like, 
like she's famous, right? But she's the wrong kind of famous. And she set up all of these guards, these safeguards around her. And it's just it's it's just a very interesting concept. Um and like, you know, a lot of a lot of the I feel like Scream is like I know that everybody said it was Kevin Williamson, and it is, but I feel like it's more like Wes just commenting on on the horror franchise as a whole and what he's been through as a whole um, in regards to things. I mean, it's like, like I was, I think I was talking, like I've never talked to you about my soul to take, which yeah. if you've never seen that movie, that fucking movie is wild. Is it good? I don't know because like it was taken away from him and he had to refilm a lot of what he was doing. So the more ponderous shit was, was gone, was tossed out. But that movie is fucking weirdly hilarious and wild and there are some moments where it really does like it does evoke what he was trying to do which was i feel like like he was trying to direct a nightmare another like a new franchise that was more on on like more a a, like kind of a riff on the whole thing of like nightmares and dreams and stuff but it just didn't work but it was still interesting as shit. Like it really was. Um, but I mean, that's that's that was Wes. I feel like I feel like uh, like like the Halloween franchise. Like Scream is at its best a director centric like franchise, right? Like Wes is like like the first four screams are Wes. Like they the radio um what are the what are the, the the directing duo that did the new screen? Um Jesus. Um Radio Silence. Yeah. Uh th- th- that's what they're called. Um this is as much their answer to scream and like what they feel is scream um which is interesting to say the least. Um as as Wes was doing his own thing and Nightmare was his own thing. I mean, like you get Jason and Jason is just a bunch of different people. I mean, even like Halloween, like the first one. Yes. The last three. Yes. But everything in between is like a mess. Right. Um, I, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for the second one. Like I, I mm-hmm. loved the second Halloween movie. Um, Halloween oh, three, uh, I know has its defenders. Um, but yeah. You know, I I get what they were going for. It probably would have been fine if you don't call it Halloween 3. When you get to 4 and 5 and 6, you get into the whole, like, Sam Hain stuff and, like, mm-hmm. the, the weird cultish thing. And then 7 and 8 are, like, both reboots. <laughs> like, they reboot it and then they... Reboot it again um, One is H2O I forget if that's 7 or 8 Because I always forget if it's Like which one came first The yeah. uh, one with uh, Is it Coolio Or who, who's in it uh, Somebody's in it uh, No no it's um, it's Buster Rhymes Buster Rhymes, it's that's, Buster sorry, Rhymes. Sorry, sorry. And that's, uh, that's, that's 8 That's okay. 8 That's the one where uh, That's Resurrection So there's yes. Halloween H2O that's Kevin Smith wrote, or Kevin Smith. Uh, that would have been amazing if Kevin Smith yeah. wrote H2O. <laughs> it's just been a bunch of people talking to Michael Myers. Talking. Exactly. 
in in somewhere uh, Jay and Silent Bob show up, you know, uh, to sell the kids weed. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the one where they're stuck in the house, and it's like kind of like big, like it was Big Brother was was big at the time, so that they yeah. did this haunted house, and. Oh my god, isn't that a fucking subgenre of itself? It's kind of, of, that movie is not good, but it's kind of ahead of its time. Because if you tried to make it now, it would make a lot more sense. And, like, because at the time, like, like, streaming things online was, like, barely a thing. Like, barely a Mm -hmm. thing. So... The idea that you could do that kind of seemed a little weird. So, like, some of the things they do in the movie, like, we know now, like, uh, okay, well, that's not really possible, you know. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that movie's a little bit ahead of its time. Like, if they had waited, like, I, I don't know, four or five years on that script, like, I think they could have knocked it out of the park. But uh, there's some fun moments in that where where they they think somebody's just running. Well, somebody is running around dressed as Michael Myers. And then also yes. the real Michael Myers is there. And it's like, this is so stupid and silly. And um, H2O has its moments too. But yes, it does. Yeah. But it's very, it's like the, like, so like my, my thing is with H2O is like, you know, people that like at the time, I remember people complaining about Scream not being like this Scream not being a good movie, like or whatever they were talking, like however they talked about Scream back in '96, like the the detractors of it. I feel like H2O is exactly what they thought Scream was, but really wasn't. It it tr- attempts to be to be clever, but it's really not. Um. I mean, it gives, like, like, I like, okay, so, like, I've grown to like Josh Harnett, but at that time, it was very hit or miss with him. Um, It was very kind of like, are you kidding me? And this was definitely one of those things, like, where, like, you know, playing the son of Laurie Strode um, is kind of like, oh, okay. but then again, you have like, you know, you have a future Academy Award nominee and winner, uh, Michelle Williams. You have Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. Um, yeah, it's, it's It's got a great cast, man. Yeah. Like, L- L- the legend LL Cool J, Janet Lee shows up um, for a small uh, role. <laughs> LL Cool J has, uh, well, I have a, always have a place in my heart for two things. Halloween Night Hero. <laughs> And <laughs> and yeah, I already I think I yeah playing the fucking cook, cook. in Deep Blue Sea, like yes, it's yes. just like and and that, that see this is what we're talking about another subgenre of horror movies stuff like Deep Blue Sea Jaws mm-hmm. uh, maybe the Meg to you a lesser degree. Nature. Yeah, like the those those kinds of movies. Science that, gone wrong. Yeah, that that are just like can be so fucking good and and run the gamut of like goofy, scary, like maybe the Meg or Deep Blue Sea, and but also like legitimately terrifying. Uh, the one with Blake Lively. Um, oh, um, The Shallows. Yes. The shallows with I, the bird that she names. I, me I and my, 
me and my niece, uh, one of my older nieces, Kaylee, went to saw went mm-hmm. to saw that in the theater where there were one of like eight people in the whole theater, and like we started out thinking it was gonna be like goofy, stupid, fun kind of movie like that. Um, yes. And then like thirty minutes into the movie, we're both like eating our fingers because it's just like, oh my god, like I can't take this. You know, it, it's it's well, like it's so real. Like that's some that's some dumb shit that could happen to you. <laughs> absolutely. Or the original one, which is it's basically a remake of, which is um, Open Water. Did you ever uh, see that one? Yes. Oh my god. Yes. N- not no, enough people talk no, about uh, that movie. But like it's it's like that like okay so then there's the thing is like there's the the, the beauty of horror where you have a you have a twenty million dollar starring Blake Lively um, shark movie that's like a, a hugely effective I re- I still remember going to see that with my wife um, uh, when we were just dating at the time because she loves sharks uh, and she loves shark movies um, and like loving it because it was so effective now like you said it was it it was it was stupid and ridiculous in certain points i mean oh yeah and by the way the 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 bird was named steven siegel that's right (laughs) (laughs) but you know the funniest part was was that as stupid as that was that whole thing of animals and danger kind of was super effective in that movie um but then, like, okay, like, you know, like, you've already talked about, I, I love that movie, too. But then you you shifted over, like, go back 15 years from that movie, and you have a low-budget movie where just, it was two shark wranglers, at, uh, like, three shark wranglers, and, a, and an HD cam going into shark-infested waters. Like, the two actors were trained professionals and knew how to deal with sharks. And dealing in basically creating a story of survival with sharks and not seeing any sharks except for the fins. I mean, and talk about terrifying. Yeah. Um, I know, I know a lot of people had like the whole, um, like if you watch it, just be careful because everybody said like the Blair Witch thing where motion sickness, I didn't, I don't get motion sickness like that, at least with the cameras. Like it doesn't bother me, but it's literally, like there's about two inches of like water that's constantly in frame that's moving back and forth as you watch these two people, these scuba divers, you know, worry about sharks around them. I mean, it, it's a bigger concept than that, but like that movie costs, like I think they said it costs like seven thousand to ten thousand dollars to make, but it's still a high is as highly effective as Shallows is as the shot is, um, which. Like, you know, and but they use two different concepts, which I also love because, like, there's the trope of not showing the monster and absolutely showing the monster. And I know that, like, it's weird because older fans of horror films totally go with don't show me the monster, right? Like, the whole, like, 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 if you never showed it to me or you only showed me bits and pieces of it, I'll be happy. Then there's the other people that are just like, show it to me, show yeah. it to me. Um, I don't care as long as it's effective, right? Like, that's where I come down, is, like, Alien is effective because for the first hour and 55 minutes of the movie, you don't see the alien or you only see pieces of it, right? I mean, and then in the last five minutes... 
damn subgenre right there. Sci-fi horror. Yes. Alien, yeah. one of my favorite films of all time. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and then, but it fucking get, brilliant. Like, that, right, right. And then, but then in that movie, in that series, it's all about skipping subgenres, right? Like it first starts off as like a haunted house, like uh, alien sci or sci-fi horror, right? Then you get Cameron who flips the fucking script and makes it an action horror film that isn't necessarily scary, but it has jump pops. I still remember as a kid, like my parents taking me to the drive-in to see that movie, like, and me being in the backseat and they thinking that I was going to fall asleep. Right. But fuck no, man. Like as soon as the, the first chest burster, not the, the dream, but as soon as the, Marines like see that they're in deep shit. Like that was frightening to me as a kid because these guys have like machine guns and the hot all this top. I mean, these are these technology. are the uh, these are dudes that we saw uh, when uh, as they're landing on the planet are playing fucking chicken with a giant Bowie knife. You know, like yes, it, it's, well, it's with an android. <laughs> yeah, they just don't. They they're not scared of shit, man. So when oh, Bill gosh. Paxton starts losing his mind, it's just like, oh fuck. <laughs> like what <laughs> you know, what is going on? <laughs> exactly. Well, okay, so like can we talk about that character for a second and what people don't get about that character or what we've lost about that character, which is, is that like I feel like people find him funny, but what I think that is lost is that He's funny, but he's also that character that's truly frightened, right? Like, like the guy who's like the biggest loudmouth that becomes the the shrieking violet, and like everybody thinks about the funny, but they don't think about the context in which he's created or the how effective he is in that role. Not just Bill Paxton, but the but but Hudson in general, like his use there that people don't. Like, whenever they make a Hudson character, they always take the wrong lessons from it, which is a good horror trope, which is taking the badass and making them a shrieking violet. The only place that I've ever seen it truly be effective, but it was not only for comedic effect, but it was for definitely like, oh, shit, okay, yeah, this is serious, is um, is a galaxy quest. When guy, yeah. when guy starts losing his shit because... He knows that he's the red shirt, right? Um, and uh, I mean, like, like it, it makes complete sense that it's Sam Rockwell, right? Because I mean, I feel like New Age, New Age Bill Paxton is essentially Sam Rockwell, right? 100%, 100%. Like, I mean, <laughs> except for Sam Rockwell has an Oscar and Bill uh, Bill yeah, Paxton. Yeah, well, I was going to say, fucking Academy. Yeah, he. That's two guys that that even though he has an Oscar probably don't get the credit enough yes like it, paxton especially I, I mean rest in peace not to get off on a little side tangent but like how the fuck are you making a sequel to twister and bill paxton is dead like just fuck uh, you man <laughs> like <laughs> I, I seriously un- unless like okay so here's the thing i had like unless his younger brother shows up and it's sam rockwell that's the only way. Okay. The um, only way. Uh, yeah. even if, you, you'll get me with Sam Rockwell. <laughs> yeah. 
But even then, they ain't going to do it. Like, we already know this. Like, I have no idea. Well, my favorite part is, like, like to, to, to connect the... <laughs> to, the, to fucking connect it to um, aliens, do you know what they're calling it? Twisters, because it's about like I, I mean, same concept except for there's more twisters because yeah. global warming. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they got Helen Hunt. I mean, you know, they paid they they pulled the Brinks truck up and dumped dumped it into her Scrooge McDuck pool. Um, which okay, there's another one. That's one that's like more action, but it's still horror because it's like. Mother Nature horror, right? Dude, like I, in, I in, went when I went the. I've only been to Universal one time in uh, Orlando, mm-hmm. but when I went, we did the Scream. I, I, it's not a ride; it's an experience. Yeah. Not Scream, sorry, Twister experience, and it was pretty uh-huh. fucking terrifying. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I remember what you're talking about. Um, uh, and um, but yeah, like. Fucking like, there's so much like. What I love about horror is that it is such a bendable genre that we that you can infuse it into anything. I mean, like you were just talking about Sam Rockwell, right? Like the first, um, the first movie I remember Sam Rockwell in um, was this comedy um, called Safe Men. Have you ever seen Safe Men? Yes. Okay, that was the first movie I saw him in, right? But that was literally because I used to run projection in a movie theater and we got it because we had this deal with indie indie movies, right? So I saw that before a year later where I, I saw him in Green Mile. And we want to talk about horror movies. That is still a fucking horror. It's a drama and it's a it's a drama and it's a movie that's set in like, you know, it it's a prison movie, it's a drama. But at the end of the day, it is still a fucking horror movie. It has its roots deeply vested into horror, right? I mean, I would, I would make it that movie is more horror than it is drama, at least I'm, to me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna correct you on something. That's okay. the first movie. That's the first movie you remember seeing Sam Rockwell in. Oh yes, this the first true. movie I'm you sorry. saw Sam Rockwell in is oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Giving cigarettes to kids. If he was a kid himself, <laughs> uh, did you? Can I? Can we take a sidetrack on that? Didn't you ever want like, like there was this thing where like when Bay was making his Transformers movie, where I really, really, really wanted them to do something wild and have Sam Rockwell be new Shredder because of his character in 1990 because at that point he would be I mean that would have been great man right to, to just like uh, reincorporate that back in like yeah that would have been pretty awesome um yeah because because to say that he wouldn't have done it like no. like that dude I, I love Rockwell but you know what they're like like the best like like the best of the character actors Samuel Jackson, there's never a role that he didn't like, that he didn't meet, that as long as they they quoted him his price, he was going to show up and fucking do. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you like Samuel Jackson, like, unless you've watched all of his films and you can tell when he's phoning it in, well, Sam Rockwell doesn't phone it in. I mean, hell, Sam Jackson doesn't even fucking phone it in. Like, yeah. I, I would make a, I would make a, I would make a strong argument for either one, but... Um, 
but yeah, I mean, that shit just tells you how wild the like how wild it is that you can go from Scream, which is like steeped in horror, right? Like it's just a horror, it's a slasher film. But then if you talk horror, the spectrum of it is like all across the board, Academy Award. I mean, regardless of The Exorcist, right? Like something like Green Mile is an Academy Award nominated movie, um, but it's like horrific. Like those those the execution scenes are like terrifying. I haven't even yeah. seen it in twenty years. I haven't seen it when until it, like I haven't seen it since I think the last time I saw it was when it was on DVD when I mean, they brought out like the the nice special edition. Yeah, it, but that that speaks to like the and maybe more than any other genre. Be, I guess because fear leaves a mark. Um, yes. Y- like those things stay with you. Like, uh, not to jump to another Stephen King thing, but like, I I haven't seen The Mist since I saw it in theaters, and I remember parts of it. You know, I remember the the flying things and then being mm-hmm. in the and the crazy religious lady. But you know what, man, I could forget all of that. The fucking end of that movie, <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> stays with you man and like you know it's just there's something about it you know some like like the ring not to bring that up again but like her crawling through the tv that stays with you watching blair witch project when she runs down the stairs and that dude is standing in the fucking corner i i i haven't seen that movie I, I probably saw it twice, once in theaters, <laughs> which freaked me the fuck out because like I, I tried to explain this months ago to Mina and Tim uh, uh, when we were talking, I think we were talking about She-Hulk and I was, okay. somehow we got on Blair Witch and uh, I was talking, they were like, yeah, we're kind of aware of it. I was like, yeah, y'all are so fucking young, man. I was like, and I know this sounds stupid, but when that movie came out, we, uh, not everybody, but most of us thought it was fucking real. Because we'd never seen yeah. anything like that. And it was, again, marketing. It was marketed as real. It yeah. was marketed as found, actual found footage that people had signed off on the release. And, you know, just like all of that shit. And, like, there was an A&E documentary about, like, the actual like the history of the hauntings in this area and or or the weird shit that had happened and like they created this whole mythology like it was fucking insane man you know and that's what makes horror so incredible like that you can like like we you just said that you can run the gamut like that and it's always fucking reinventing itself like more than any other genre like it it's like okay well we got to scare you a little bit but like how they scare you is always different that i mean the psychological horror movies that like mm-hmm. it's all just about creeping you the fuck out um that what oh god what's that dude who's He's made to Midsommar and uh, oh Ari uh, Ari Aster um, yeah yeah and Hereditary Hereditary yeah, Hereditary yeah. Hereditary is the only one I've seen 
I don't think I ever need to see another one of that dude's movies. I know what you can do. That's fine. <laughs> this shit is not for me, man. Because, like, I don't want to have fucking nightmares for a month and a half. Like, I'm good, dude. Like, yeah. I, I remember Spencer and I saw Hereditary in the theater. One of the freakiest fucking experiences I've ever had. We're, that, like, the that, only people in the theater. And <laughs> it's 20, 30 minutes into the movie. I don't remember. Uh-huh. This fucking kid wanders yes. into the theater oh. and starts walking no. up the stairs. And I was like, I am going to piss myself, man. What the fuck is okay. happening? <laughs> okay, so can I ask you something? Is it before or after the big fucking, the, the pole incident happens? It's after. Holy shit, dude. I would have been freaked the fuck out. I would have yelled at him. I was, man. I would have yelled at him. I'd be like, who the fuck are you and why the fuck are you here? I will toss my fucking coke at you and run away. Oh, my God. I I remember, like, my mom and my dad telling me Uh about, like, when The Exorcist came out and people losing their minds. Like, I've seen The Exorcist. It's it's a very well made, very fucked up movie. But like, I watch it and I'm just like, are you serious, man? Like, this freaked people the fuck out. But like, I watched that movie and had that experience, and I'm like, nope, I get it. <laughs> like, fuck this, I am out, man. I am never seeing another one of this dude's movies. Fuck this. <laughs> but I mean, you know. But that's like that's the thing is that like, oh man, like horror is so experiential, right? Like it's really like it's really the one of those things where you're just like, like, de- like you know, depending on the the kind of factors that that go into you seeing a movie, like ultimately ends up being like, especially for horror. I think more than anything, horror is the one that horror it more than anything else is an experiential like is it is an experiential narrative like where you have to sit down and depending on how you experience it much like comedy actually i was too, about to say was the like, only other thing that compares is comedy because it yeah. is all I, I watched the all three hangover movies in fully packed fucking theaters and laughed i could watch yes. them at home and they're dull as fucking dirt, man. <laughs> so they really are. Um, they they they're they're just like oh, and they're okay. So like talk about like like horror and comedy are fucking similar because again, as long as it's fucking funny, you don't care who's in the movie, who's directed it, how it was directed. As long as it's funny, you're gonna sh- you're gonna show right. Um, but also like talk about pe- like things being used, like concepts worn. Or reused, like the like. I mean, Hangover is nothing but bachelor party with with yeah. trading sleep, like trading Tom Hanks for sleazy ass Bradley Cooper. Like, I mean, that's essentially what what it is, right? Um, uh, but then, like you know, we have the convex of both those genres where horror comedy, like you know, I, I mean, like Shaun like, of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I like. I think that we both we both love this film, and I feel like it's a classic of both genres, which is The Burbs. Hilarious movie. Uh, the but Burbs. When I was a kid, was yes the first movie I ever owned. 
the first movie oh, I ever right. owned. That's right. You I told still me have you... my VHS copy. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Is it the one is it the one that has uh the the classic like he's holding like Hanks is in his in his PJs and yep, he's holding, holding the yep. the 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 hose, right? It's the hose. Yep. Oh man. I, I've oh, seen God. that movie so many times. Um I actually just rewatched it a few months ago. I was uh, needing something for like background noise while I was working mm-hmm. and uh I was I was like threw it on I forget where it's where it was streaming, but I had it mm-hmm. on whatever it was you know, suggestions for you and the burbs and I was like, Oh shit, I haven't watched this in a long time. Um and I threw it on and then uh, of course wound up being more or less sucked into uh the whole thing. What a good cast. I mean, and Hank's just at his Murderous his way. his best, man. Just like the <laughs> perfect it, it everybody we all still praise Tom Hanks, but like there was something about him in the eighties where he was like he could just walk this line of like normal dude to like raging not not asshole but just like yeah dude who like everything has crossed the line and now he's just taking everybody out verbally like not in a mean way just in a like i'm sick of everybody's shit i just want to live a normal life way <laughs> like <laughs> well, I, I would okay so i love i love that run of from like i love the the run up until the 90s right like right at the 90s so like like starts with splash bachelor party the man with one red shoe ballin fucking tears the money pit which we talked about recently and i told you like you know what the money pit is not a fucking comedy anymore as soon as you own a house and shit starts breaking down it's a fucking horror story like i tried to watch it like i was recently like because it's i think it's on streaming i think it's on uh uh, our favorite peacock and i started watching it and it's it just hits, started it's playing, too close to home <laughs> it fucking hits so hard dude and i'm like no 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 we're turning this off we can't do this anymore the money pit is not a movie for me anymore but the, the money pit nothing in common where he goes heads up in a drama with jackie fucking gleason mm-hmm. like let us not let us not forget the original go like, let's not talk about, like, you know, let's not talk about the troublingness of the honeymooners, but Jackie Gleason and Tom Hanks sharing space, which anybody who's a, like, you know, Hollywood, golden era Hollywood person knows how important that is. Punchline, um, um, Dragnet, which is one of my favorite, like, Dragnet is That's one of my That's an underrated, uh, like, oh, just, it's, like, them two playing off each other. Dan Aykroyd as the straight man is just fucking. So, it's oh, just so good, so man. Great. It's just so good. And then, and it has one of the best. Okay, it had one of the best lines, like the final lines, and musical stings that you could ever possibly have for a movie. <laughs> I spent a beautiful night with Connie Swale. Don't you mean the Virgin Connie Swale? And <laughs> the look. And then that stupid dragnet theme. Even as a kid, I knew what that meant. And that yeah. was hilarious. I mean, like I said, the Burbs, um, Joe versus the Volcano. I, I love Joe versus the Volcano. I just watched for the I, first time about a year and change ago. Is it Spencer actually uh, texted me and 
uh, we we're talking about, I think we were talking about Ryan and uh, uh-huh. my brother had a, an infatuation for a long time with Meg Ryan, like uh. one of his first big on-screen crushes. And uh, I, I was talking, we were talking about that, I think. And he was like, have you ever seen Joe versus the Volcano? I was like, I think once when I was too young to even really understand what the fuck it was about. Yeah. He was like, you should watch it. He was like, the problem, the the last third of the movie is like, he's like, it's really problematic. But he was like, that movie's fucking brilliant, man. Like, other than the How problematic, you- like, native stuff. Um, and I watched it, I was like, holy shit, this is crazy, like, way ahead of its time. I was gonna ask you, how did you take all of the stuff, the, like, 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 because of, like, you know, like, your personal history, and, like, up until the moment where he sees the moon, like, did it hit, or was it kind of like, No, I mean, mean, because, like, it, it hit pretty good, like, the, the, the like drudgery of the office stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, like this is all like I, when I watched it, I was way too young to understand it. And like, yeah, that, which uh, I Mr. guess Watsuki. is, it's, yeah, it's own <laughs> kind of, I guess it's own kind of horror is that like existential yeah. dread of like everything, you know, um, which is funny, but also like true to life and also terrifying. In its own way, like uh, Office Space. Similarly, I saw that movie before I, I had ever worked in an office, and I an was office, like, "Yeah, yep. that's funny." And now I watch it, and I was like, "It's funny, but it's not funny because it's funny. It's funny because it's true, and it's horrible. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> a fucking awful way to live." <laughs> and this is so true. many of us are doing it's. It's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, like the one thing I do love about about Joe versus the volcano, and your and your brother probably uh, like you know loved it too. Was it's not one, not two, but three Meg Ryan's in that <laughs> yeah. movie, yeah, all three, completely all wildly different. different. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> um, like to me, that movie, like when I watch it now, it's all about that first ten minutes in the lubrication factory i know he has the job but can he do the job i know he can do the job i know that he has the job but can he do the job fucking dan hedaya just being the worst possible like proto mm-hmm. uh, uh, both both michael scott and dwight Schrute put together is just like i i don't know like dan hedaya i like i think we actually talked about dan hedaya last week um again for the win um but I mean, you could look at like you could look at both the Burbs and Joe versus the Volcano as as horror comedy because Joe versus the Volcano, like you know, it's a man coming to grips with his own mortality. Like, I mean, and it's done in the weirdest possible wild way with an adventure movie and a con movie, a rom com. Um, I mean, the Burbs kind of does the same thing because it, it's like exactly confronting like. Like yes, it does get into like oh shit, they like they really are cannibals. Uh, I mean, spoilers yeah. for the burbs, but um, <laughs> but like up until that, it's just this movie about these men who have to come to terms with the fact that like this is their life and they can't accept it that that it's just kind of boring and 
you know, Tom Hanks wants to accept it, but like yeah. everybody else that he's in the surrounded by his neighbors, like those dudes can't accept it. And he so easily gets sucked into like this idea that like, I, I need things to be more exciting, you know, like, cause his wife, like, she's like, we're going to go, like, we're going up to the lake. And he's like, who the, like, why the fuck? What? Like we do this every year. Like we go up to the lake and we watch your idiot cousin. And you know, just <laughs> he's just like, I just, I want more out of my life. But then by the end, you know, he's yelling at art. He's just like, maybe we're the ones who are yeah. crazy. You know, maybe, maybe they're, uh, you know, before you realize it, maybe they're sane. We're the ones that are crazy. You know, we do the same shit every day over and over and over and over and over. And then he's like, I'm losing my fucking mind. And then, you know, the, <laughs> he, he, when he picks up the fucking gurney and throws it into the ambulance, yes. in and then, you know, sits down and then it's so funny, man. But then, of course, you know, uh, what's his name from laughing? Uh, climbs in, um, you know, tries to kill him, and then they wrestle him. Yeah, tries to kill him. Oh, shit. Oh, Henry Gibson. Henry yeah. Gibson oh, was man. like, dude, like, uh, <laughs> as, as Dr. Klopak, man, other he is, than he is Brother the... Theodore? Yeah. Fuck, man. Fucking scary as shit. But, but then, like, it's weird because like I I didn't grow up on laughing because mm -hmm. I, but it was on like Nick at night or whatever and like my grandmother and my dad and my uncles would watch that shit so like I had seen him on laughing so it, it it's it's we it was weird to be like this dude's supposed to be funny but like I'm fucking terrified of him. <laughs> like even before you find out the reveal it's just like. He, this is unnerving. <laughs> and also, you know what's the weirdest part about Henry Gibson is that all of us, all of us in our age group had had seen him. We just didn't know we saw him because he was the voice of Wilbur in Charlotte's Web. Hashtag yeah. a, a child, a childhood trauma movie, because damn, like that ending. Like if you didn't read, if you don't know what happens, I'm not going to, you know. That, that shit, but I mean, he played like that's that's the kind of like he like he, that's the range he had. I mean, he could play he could play so sweet, but then play funny and laughing. I mean, laughing was I mean his I mean laughing is just classic, right? Um, but then he plays like you know he always plays like like in movies he always seems to play the weirdo or the freak or the Nazi in Blues Brothers. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know. I mean, he shows up in Gremlins too. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just like, I like he's fucking great. And, and that, that's like, another good like subgenre of horror, like the, those kind of creature. The Joe, Don yeah, the yeah, Joe the Dante stuff. <laughs> the 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 Looney Tunes infused stuff, like the Gremlins, Ghoulies, Gremlins to the New Batch. Um, I do want to say my favorite moment from the burbs is actually like probably one of my favorite moments from Hanks at, uh, forever, which is after the, after the house is blown up and like everybody thinks he's dead and they look and they see him and he's standing on top of the, the steps. It's the moment after when he goes down the step, I don't know how the fuck he physically did it, 
But the whole yeah. thing of like his legs can't work, and it goes. Yep. It doesn't matter how many fucking times I see that shit. It makes me laugh so fucking hard. Like it, it's just I don't know what that moment. Like it's like a physical moment, and like Hanks never gets like the the love that he should for being a physical comedian because yeah. like half the reason why and here's another kinder trauma movie um because i think that we all fucking cried at turner and hooch at the end but everything that he does physically in that movie is so brilliant and so, so funny like the moment where the dog like i mean so much so that they used it as a as a way to get him to do toy story 2 where he's like not the car why are you eating the car but yep. it's not the sound. It's his like physical because we've all been there with an animal like with a pet that's done something wrong. You're not gonna you're not gonna smack it. You're not gonna do anything like that. You're just like you're physically like, what are you doing? Why did you do that? And the dog's just looking at you like, huh? What? Booed. So, but yeah. Um Hanks is another one that doesn't do horror. Like that's a weird it's a weird thing, but he's never really I mean, he's done horror adjacent, right? Like like we were talking about the Green Mile, but I mean, and then I guess Castaway could really seem like 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 something, but I mean, has he done anything that was like Um not Oh, really. there's the Dungeons and Yeah, I was gonna say the, the Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons thing, but I mean, can you even count that as horror? I mean, it's so stupid. Like it's it really just, is. It's, it, it, it's it, so bad. <laughs> it's really bad. It's really, really bad. Um, like yeah, and the, uh, well, and then he also did a like. I know that um he did a movie like like his debut feature, which is he knows you're alone, which is a actual slasher. But I mean, he's like in a bit part in that movie. Yeah. Um, I so, can't think of anything I mean, that he starred in. I mean. No. You know, there's movies he's he's been in that have like terrifying things in it, but like it, uh, I wouldn't classify it. like Saving Private Ryan's not a horror movie, you know? Like no, it's terrifying, but, it but uses, it's not a horror movie. Apollo thirteen is but terrifying, it, but it's not a horror movie. <laughs> I almost like like it would be fun to see him in a like in a true blue horror movie. Like um, he did that episode of Tales from the Crypt. Yes, that's true. Everybody did an episode of Tales from the Crypt. But I mean, I guess that counts as horror. Yeah, but he also directed it, which I always find interesting. Um, Like, yeah, everybody did uh, Tales Uh, from the Crypt. Does Uh, does Bonfire of the Vanities count as horror? (laughs) (laughs) Horror to our eyes. I mean, Uh, uh, I I mean, fucking Polar Express. Like, oh my god, that that gave like. It, like that gives me nightmares. Like, I've never, truly. I've never seen it because the trailer. I was just like, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> no, nope. oh, dude, not watching that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. You don't want, you don't want to. Like to be perfectly honest, you really don't want to because, oh, yeah, that's a, whew, that's a, that's a scare. Like I remember watching it in the theater in 3D. In IMAX 3D, like having to go like before it was a thing because it was in 2004 and we didn't have really they didn't really have like IMAX 3D at that point. It wasn't, I think, until like around um, 07, 08 is when IMAX started to be a big thing for people or for for movies. And I remember paying all the money to see it and watching it and being terrified. 
being absolutely terrified because these things all kind of looked like Tom Hanks, but they had dead eyes. Yeah. And it was just like, oh man, when like if 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 I ever get stuck in a Christmas nightmare, it will be Polar Express. <laughs> um <laughs> you said but, the way you said dead eyes, it just it might always makes me think of Robert Shaw and Doll's eyes. Doll's eyes. How much do you want to bet that that kind of like that that kind of like doll's eyes thing? How much you want to bet that that kind of informed all of these doll movies? Because I mean, part of the terrifying part of like something like something like Megan, something like The Brahms, or um, dude, fucking uh, Coraline, man, fucking Coraline, like those button eyes. Oh my god. I saw, I've seen that movie one, I know uh, one of my best friends, it's her favorite movie. Her and her kids love that movie. And I'm like, I watched it once as an adult because that's when it came out and it fucking mm-hmm. terrified me. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, not doing this. <laughs> like, And it's not even the killer toy thing. Cause like, I'm down for that, man. I like child's play. I I can yeah. deal with all that. It's the fucking eyes. <laughs> the the button eyes and the creepy smile and just no. <laughs> no, I cannot do this. I will have nightmares. No. <laughs> um but uh, yeah, no no no. Like but I mean there's a the whole sh- like but you know where it started for me? I think it started a lot of people for those doll things was Twilight Zone, Talking Tina, and Telly Savalas. Like, like, I mean, I don't think that you get any better than that 30 minutes of contained, not only hilarity, but also terrifying. Like, like it's terrifying at a certain point. Like, at first, it's funny because it's like, we all know who loves you, baby. We all know Telly, right? But he, like, what I love is that it's mean Telly. Because, like, you know, most people remember Telly Savalas as Kojak, right? Like, the, the hero. Um, the cool, like, you know, lollipop, like, poppin' um, detective that's kind of like, it was like the the, the nebulous white answer to Shaft, uh, but on TV. Uh, but, like, there's this whole Telly Savalas that's truly mean, like the Dirty Dozen Telly Savalas, right? Yeah. And he plays that that stepdad, like the, the, the cliche of a stepdad, but at the same time, it's like... At a certain point, when Tina becomes live, like real, it becomes truly like it's hilarious, but it's also super mean. Like I didn't like I recently rewatched that episode, maybe about a year ago, a year and a half ago, and I forgot how mean he got for no reason whatsoever, other than to like like up the up the stakes to the point to where he dies, you know. Uh, but I mean, isn't that all doll haunted doll movies, right? Like there's always one character that. That that continues to like you know get freaked out by the doll, throw it away, but the little kid keeps on bringing it back. You know, has King done a doll a possessed doll story? Yeah. Uh, well, one, I mean, what? there's the his short story, The Monkey, is more or less that. Um, the monkey. Yeah, it's in. It's one of those early short story collections. Um. Uh, I'm looking it up on the uh, my my favorite thing, Stephen King wiki. <laughs> um, 
Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? This is the Monkey Shines poster. They totally stole this for Monkey Shines. You remember, like the the symbol. Okay, now I remember this. The the um the monkeys with the symbols. Click, 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 yeah. click, click. Yeah. It's about that. Okay, I remember now. Yeah, skeleton. That, that's what it skeleton is. crew. Yeah, that's right. Skeleton crew has a bunch of um like movies that, like uh, shorts that were turned into movies because it has what uh it has the mist. It has um. What other one did it have? I know that it has a couple of them, but um, man, those were those were the good days of Stephen King when he would put out like a a short story collection and be like fifteen of them in there, and always one of them was like hundred and fifty pages. It was like literally a mini a mini novel that he didn't know how to expand. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, had, uh, the raft, word processor, of the gods, grandma, the mist, uh, survivor type, and the jaunt have all been adapted out of that. Uh, most of them for like the uh, like Twilight sure. Zone or Tales from the from the oh, Dark okay. Side or. Uh, word processor of the gods was uh actually i just listened to an episode of the king cast where they they talked about that being one of the their early like more visceral i forget the guest i had on but like it's this guy who like is bequeathed a word processor and like whatever he types out becomes real and like it's all based on the idea of like king had gotten a word processor and like it like that's where the idea came from where it's like I, what if it was magic and i whatever i typed i could make really happen and like this guy hates his life and like it, it's also another like it's horror but it's like a weird kind of subset of horror you know like yes it's it, yeah it's it's so i don't yeah horror, horror is just such a because i tell people all the time i don't like horror movies but it is because most of the time, like they're either just not very good movies or mm-hmm. they're it's like what most people consider like out and out horror is just stuff I'm not into. Like I'm not into super bloody shit. I, you know, I mm-hmm. don't I don't mind violence and a little bit of blood, but like I don't want to see uh, super gory stuff, which is why I don't really like uh, um uh, le- the Leatherface movies, like uh, they're just not oh, my Texas thing. Chainsaw. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just a little too gory. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and, and there's nothing. I mean, there's like extremities that people just won't go to. Like you know, like th- like I don't think that it's interesting because you don't call yourself a horror fan, but like you absolutely so, are a horror fan. There's so many I like. I was sitting here, I was, like I was making out a mental list of. I was like, what's some of the ones I love that we haven't talked about? But like, we're talking about horror comedy, um, and and how different like movies in the same franchise can be different things. Like House, the first House movie, which yes. nobody fucking talks about anymore, is no. this PTSD po- like post Vietnam like trauma, like dealing with all of that kind of movie. And then House 2 is just a horror comedy. And horror I like comedy, yeah. <laughs> both of them tremendously, but like they're vastly fucking different, you know? Like it, yeah. it, it's, and the, the only thing that unites them is like, oh, it's 
to set in the same house, <laughs> you know? Yes. It, it, that, that's it, <laughs> you know? Which is such set a... Set in the same house? That's Go such ahead. a good idea for, yeah. like, this house is haunted and fucked up. Like, and you just keep making a movie. Like, I hate that it, it ultimately failed. Because, like, we could have 14 house movies. Because, like, they could all just be different things, you know? Yep. Um, cause it's the house that fucks everything up. You know, I love house too, though. Like it is so oh, dude, I love it's, it's everything. Too. It's a zombie movie. It's a comedy movie. It's a dinosaur movie. It's a fucking Western. It's, uh, oh, like an, an adventure no, uh, story. Uh, it's, it's everything, man. Let, let, let's a Western horror movie. Let's yes. let's be clear about that because at the time you remember all those skeleton um, yes. skeleton based like Western horrors that we saw like at the time and it was cashing in on that. Um, I, I do know what connects other than the house. I know what uh, what connects um, uh, what what connects House One and House Two is uh, is Cheers because George <laughs> Wendt is in the fucking first one and. Uh, and Ratzenberger is in the second one. Ratzenberger, like, I'd be like, I'd be, come on, like, 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 let's be honest here. Like, we've talked about Ratzenberger so much. Uh, like, he he should be part, partially our mascot. Um, I mean, shows up doing doing his thing, his cliff thing, but in such a like in my favorite, like of the roles that he's ever played. I feel like the the electrician in House Two. Where he just busts out a sword and just starts going to town and becoming an adventurer. And there's no comment on it. Because all you need is Ratzenberger to explain things in the, the way that Ratzenberger explains things. And like it just makes sense, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh, God, I love I, – I do love um, – I, I really do love uh, House and House Two. Like both of them are are great. Like like you said, like House One is like a like it's a comedy, but it's more about like you said, like the PTSD. And then House Two is literally just like a like you said, like a hodgepodge, like a like a like a cinematic like like stew of everything that you like. It's and it's it's kind of a kids movie, but it's not. It's just yeah. the right kind of like. Like you and I were like, I mean, we were separated by literally a year. That's it. Like, like not even that, like nine months. Right. But I mean, like, you know, Logan and Adam at eight or nine, when the first house came out and then like around 10, it's the perfect age to see those two movies. Like, you know, because they're, they're the, like, you know, house is just fun. It, or house two is just fun. It's not scary. Whereas house one is kind of effective especially when uh, it's pretty like, damn terrifying like yeah the, especially when cat starts like seeing all like, when william cat starts seeing all the 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 vietnam shit mm -hmm. with richard mole that um, that shit stays with me man like and, and especially somebody who just finished a rewatch of the original night night court night court like i mean he will always be bull but like that was so like like i talked about earlier Things that stay with you from horror movies, him in house, like has stayed with me to the point that like yes I see Bull, but like I still like every time I see him I think about that scene in house, every yep. single time. 
Um, no, 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 absolutely. Um, it, it's, man, it is truly terrifying. Um, but my favorite part of House 2, like, to go back to, is is Royal Dano playing Grandpa. Oh, like, it's it, it so just, good, man. It, it's just, and under, like, under all that fucking makeup, like, yeah. the, the prosthetic work in House 2 it is fantastic, man. It really it, the is. The creature work in general, like, tell me you didn't want one of those, uh, oh, the, whatever the it is, the, the worm thing. The yes. Doggy worm. <laughs> like it's like a dog and <laughs> but also like an inchworm. Like I, whatever that thing was. I was like, I really want one of those. Of course I I'm allergic to most animals. So <laughs> like that seems like the perfect <laughs> animal for me. Because it doesn't have any fur. So or or dander probably. Um Yeah. But yeah, it, it's how man, I I, I need to rewatch House too. I wonder if Ryan's got that on DVD. Um, I mean, he might actually have the... So there's the 4K box set coming, like, being updated from Arrow. Because Arrow released... Um, I actually reviewed it a few years ago. They released a box set of four house movies. Like, there's House t- 3 and 4. Yeah. But kind of like Amityville, they weren't house movies. Yeah. But they made them into house movies, which... I will be honest with you, they're terrible. Like, you buy the box for the first two. I've seen four. I may have seen three. Just Mm -hmm. like the Critters movies. Like, I've seen, I know I've seen Critters one and two. And I think I've seen, like, Critters four. But, like, I don't remember Critters three. And then I kind of didn't watch anything after that. I know there was a newer, like, series, I think. TV series. Yeah. That amounted, it was like. I never got around to watching it. Uh, no, I never got around to watching it either. But the prime ones are House One and Two. Like, I mean, it's just that, that's all there is to it. Um, house Four is actually brings back. I mean, like it brings back uh, William Cat. Um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it, it actually brings him back, and um, it's interesting. It's got. It's a very. Do you remember Psycho Two? Yes. Do you remember like the concept of Psycho Two? It's exactly that concept of Psycho Two. Where they're trying to push William Cat to go crazy. Okay. Which I find is a genius concept, but it's executed in a kind of okay sort of way. But you can definitely tell it was like, oh, you like somebody had watched had watched Psycho Two, um, and the gaslighting of of uh, like you know the whole gaslighting concept, and was like, that's what we should do for House Four, and let's bring back William Cat. Um, so it's that one like the third like but it's not in the same house which is weird um and even house three is not in the same house either um but i will tell you this much um house three is great because it stars fucking lance hendrickson and byron james and if you guys know who i mean you guys should know like i love you're listening to us Fucking Lance Hendrickson, man! When are we gonna get a a, a Millennium Blu-ray box set? Uh, yeah. Come on! Like, I love like as much as I love X Files, I fucking loved Millennium. Like, like Chris Carter back in like, man, people don't re- remember. People do not know how fucking awesome. I mean, talk about horror! Like X Files and and Millennium were both horror um, horror TV shows that consistently were able to do great things. 
and still keep within TV boundaries, right? I mean, like, I still Fringe say, is the closest but, we've come since then. This like, is true. This is and, true. And it, that but, leaned more into the sci-fi of it. I, I don't yeah. know why we can't... I don't know why we don't have shows like that anymore. Like, I don't know why it doesn't... It just doesn't really work. Like, they do keep trying kind of things like that. But, like, I don't know. They get too caught up, I guess, in their premise. Like, X-Files work because much like we're talking about horror stuff can... like. It's a franchise and everything is different. Some things are like other things, but like one week it can be kind of funny and the next week it can be really like body horror and then it can be like, Mm -hmm. you know, just the creep factor or aliens or like, I, I, yeah, I mean, there's, there's just not shows like that anymore. There really is. Well, it's because everybody wants it to be interconnected. Like what, what people remember, like what people think that they remember from the X Files, is the whole mythology part of it, right? That we would get maybe five out of the 20, 24 episodes that we would get a year, right? Like they didn't. Nobody wants like, like the one-off episodes, even though those are the best, right? Like Irwin Meyer's Flask, or my favorite is the Family one. The the like you, we were just talking about cannibals and how you just don't do cannibals and like all that stuff, but. That episode of that episode of X Files is one of my favorite because it's terrifying, and there are a few moments of comedy in there. Um, like when, like I don't know if you remember it, but it's set on a pig farm, right? And they're trying to push the pigs, Mulder and Scully, and Scully out of nowhere just starts saying "Bomaram uh, you," and never commented except for just that. And I just like. At, a, at that point on a Friday night, really late, watching this terrifying episode, I laughed my ass off. Um, again, horror, horror punctuation. But, I mean, it's like they were able to do an incestual cannibal storyline on X-Files. Like, in the 90s. Like, it was like 90, what? Like, 95, 96? Like, I just, I, I can't, like, like, I think that the reason why we're not getting it is because we don't have... We don't have creatives like Chris Carter that are as, are smarter than us and yeah. are more well-researched as us. Because I feel like X-Files was in that time where the internet was just starting to build and you could research. It's not what it is now, which is like just this – I mean fucking people can do anything. They can go on to TikTok and go on a deep dive of misinformation about, about a topic, like any topic, urban yeah. legends if they want to. Um and it's like, I don't know, man. I, like, it, it's weird because it's like, like, they, I enjoy the old stuff, but the challenge is now the new stuff has so informed. It's just like horror, right? Like, so much has informed us in regards to like what our current status is that it kind of demystifies things. It kind of makes things. How can you have? like the edges of darkness be as scary and as wonderful if everything is explained. And that's yeah. my whole thing. Um, well, I, you know, a while like, back I told you about this book, the department of truth, which is very, yes, yes. I, I keep hoping somebody will be like, you know, we, we can do this. We can do this as a series mm-hmm. and, you know, get some, semi-prestige network to pick it up and run with it and 
you know, because it does touch on those fringes and, and embraces like old things and also current things, you know, um, mm-hmm. it, it's, yeah, it's, it's something that we're just not getting in, in our, uh, like movies and TV shows, <laughs> but I mean, it still very much exists in novels and comics and, yeah. Um, which it's, and I don't want to say it's a shame it only exists there because I mean, so much of that stuff came from the written work to begin with, like creep show and, uh, night gallery and tales from the dark side and, um, just all of that stuff, you know? Um, but, uh, twilight zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like both those shows are super. I mean, even like you said, night night gallery, and I will I will propose this. Um, Alfred Hitchcock presents is just as much of a horror a horror. Like oh yeah. Hitchcock's work, Hitchcock work uh, like, and it informs on like the eighties, and then that by that osmosis it it informs now, which is interesting because it's like, like how many versions of the Twilight Zone have we had? Mm. Like four five? or five. Yeah, four or five, five? at this point. Yeah, it was the last one. Um, Jordan Peele's. Uh, yep, last one was Jordan Peele's. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, and it's just like, I mean, I just wish that somebody like, and, and here's the problem. I mean, like ultimately, like if we're talking about like super smart, forward-thinking horror, is like like the contemplative stuff, like the X Files. Like you have to have somebody smarter than all of us willing like create more creative than all of us but also not only that but has the ability to get it through the studio system and i feel yeah. like that's probably the hardest because what is the first thing that they do it's too it, it, it doesn't make sense make it dumber so that the audience can understand so or, even an idiot can understand or it's like uh, well we we haven't seen anything like that in current yep so so that that's not a safe bet like we need so i I, the last of us is is very much a horror show it's a good example as much as i bag on the walking dead like for all as shitty as it became i don't Mm -hmm. think that the last of us gets to be a good show and gets to be as good as it is if the walking dead doesn't exist because. Oh, absolutely, 150%. And not just not just the TV show, but Kirkman's original comic. Yeah. Because that came before even the 2012 uh, Last of Us. Like, you know, it came, like, you know. So, like, you're right. It, it like, it's the father or the progenitor. Like, it, it, it had to crawl before it can, before, But you somebody know, had to, fly. like, they had to, like, AMC adapting that show and it being super successful allows eventually HBO or whoever to go in and go, okay, we're going to make the last of us. And a hundred percent, some studio executive was like, so it's like a zombie show. So it's going to be like the walking dead. Cause that's super successful. Yeah. And, and then them going, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> they're, they're, they're like, yeah, sure. Scooter. That's what it is. And his fucking name is probably Scooter. Because, you know, fucking 
every executive is like Nepo beef. So yeah, yeah. well, of course, Scooter, that's what it is. Uh, go ahead and get <laughs> ready for your cocaine fuels, uh, like Lucas. I, well, I I'm so tired of hearing about the, the like the people talking about uh, the Nepo stuff as far as like stars are concerned. Like mm-hmm. people like Jamie Lee Curtis or like the, these kids coming up that are, or even Tom Hanks's kids are like just whatever. Like I'm so tired of that. Like first of all, like those singers, actors, actresses, whatever. Like yes, they do get a leg up because of who their parents or aunts or uncles or whatever are. But like they're also really fucking talented. Like yes, there, there's not, you know. I, I don't know. I, I just, I hate that argument when it's like the nepotism thing that we really need to be talking about is these people that get placed in like those decision-making roles because yes. their dad was the head of a fucking studio or some dumb shit like that. When they, they didn't earn that, they don't know creative shit from their own asshole. And like, that's the nepotism that's the problem. Not like, oh, it turns out that Tony Curtis's daughter is also really fucking talented. Like, oh, yeah. who would have thought that Tony thought? Curtis and Janet Lee would have had a daughter that was really fucking talented? Exactly. Like, I, exactly. I, I don't know anybody, man. <laughs> like, who would have thought Judy Garland's daughter was really talented? I don't know anybody. <laughs> like, because, like, that's, you know, it, it just stands to reason you, you know I, i'm just like nobody talk like ken griffey was a good baseball player ken griffey jr excellent baseball player like nobody's talking yeah, about that man <laughs> or like like okay so like like Bronny james is a good basketball player right bryce james is a good basketball player their dad is an incredible basketball player so but i mean at the same time like look at look at uh, like Marcus Jordan is not a good fucking like Michael Jordan was the goat right like he was the fucking goat but none of his kids are uh, none of his kids uh, are he's got that he's got that Teen Wolf thing though where it skips a generation <laughs> his, <laughs> his grandkid is going to be phenomenal <laughs> <laughs> oh shit that's funny that is funny um, but. But also, like, like okay, so, like, like I don't, like, look, I don't care, like, you know, I don't care that, that Nicholson's son is now, like, you know, a star, or he's, like, in shows. Like, you know why? Way, because... Going back to Scream, like. Yes. I, I, okay. The boys. Yeah. I don't care if somebody was like, oh, hey, man, that's Dennis Quaid's son. Like, he's still really fucking talented, you know? He's super fucking <laughs> talented. Yeah. Like, can we just talk about how, like, at certain moments, Jack Quaid in The Boys looks like his mom, but then also looks like his dad? At yeah, it's weird, and man. It's very fucking weird. Like, especially when he starts, like, when he smiles, he's his fucking mother. And so whenever Kurt, I see him smile. Kurt Russell's boy is the same oh, way. Oh, Yeah. Yes. I'm just like, this is so bizarre, man. Like, yeah. it's like, just so weird. Huh. <laughs> like, Sometimes yeah, I'm just like, just... oh, I forget that he's Kurt Russell's son. And then, like, he smiles or gives that look, and I'm like, how do I forget that that's Kurt, Kurt Russell's son? Because, holy shit, man. 
well, like the whole thing is like we talk about nepo babies, and this is how you know that it that it's not like it, it's a thing, but it's not a thing. Is that okay? As soon as Wyatt Russell went onto the screen and did some kind of action film, like he did in Overlord, because he's like you watch him and you go, "Oh fuck yeah, he's he's a Russell. Like he is a fucking Russell. Like he can handle himself. He has that gravitas." Why didn't they make him fucking Snake Plissken? I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't know why you oh, like, don't like, do that. Like, uh, that, that's how you blows my mind. That's how you know. That's how you know nepotism is there, but it's not right because it's like, like fucking, like it's very, it's, you know, everybody has this problem with like they want to remake uh, Escape from New York, and I am the last fucking person that wants that to happen because I'm fine with the two movies. I I love the two movies. I love. Like that is as much a part of me as Star Wars is because I mean I fucking name my dog my my dog after its main character so fucking what the hell but I would say this is that I can understand why you want to remake it but it's an easy thing you you don't make a prequel you don't do anything like that you cast Wyatt Russell you get him to dye his hair and you're done like you just. Like, use the script, make it bigger, put it on the fucking volume like everybody loves to do now. I mean, let's be honest, everybody loves to do the volume. I mean, I would do it differently. I would put the John Wick guys on it and make them produce it because, holy shit, I could not imagine them doing a post-apocalyptic movie. Which, I have to ask you, like a random side note, are you a John Wick fan? I watched watched the first one. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, there's no, there's nothing wrong. I, I don't care. Um, I thought it was, a, I thought it was good. I thought it was fun. Mm-hmm. And then like they kept going, and I was just like, <laughs> I mean, I know I was just being like, horror is great because like the you dog? can just make the same movie every time. But like, I saw the trailer for the second one. I was like, this looks like the movie I already saw. <laughs> so I'm just not gonna go see it. I mean, I had a good time. I don't really need to see it again, man. <laughs> So um the second and third are are basically world building. Like they're very different than the first one. Like the first one gives you that like idea of the world, but the second and third really take that concept and expand on it. Um and plus, I mean the third one has Halle Berry kicking ass with two German shepherds. Like I'm not going to tell you that that's not a badass piece of cinema. Um that had me like literally clapping in the middle of the theater. Um Back when I saw John Wick three, but um, but yeah, like uh, uh, but it's interesting. Like uh, um, going back to horror, like you just made a very salient point. It's like, how is it that horror is so like? And I guess it comes down to the the primalness of it, right? Like us all wanting to be scared in a darkened theater that we'll go and see the same stories over and over again. It's like westerns. It's like for westerns for our dads, right? Like there's mm-hmm. ne- there's not a western that my fucking dad has not loved. It doesn't matter. Yeah. As long as it's my dad Western, loves him. As long it, as the hero doesn't die at the end, he hates that shit. So. <laughs> That's great. Uh, my dad, as long as it it stars somebody that he he knows or somebody that looks like somebody he knows, he's good. Like he he's a big ass fan of Scott Eastwood. I am not. Like I I don't get it. But it's because he looks like Clint and he acts like Clint in those westerns, yeah. and and he's happy. Like he loves Yellowstone and guys. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not criticizing Yellowstone, but fuck, I don't get it. 
I literally don't get it. I'm like, and then like, you know, he always just says, well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like Game of Thrones, but in the West and it's got Kevin Costner. Like for a dude over a certain age, like that's all they need to know is that it's yeah. a Western and it stars cause. It stars, I mean, and I love, I mean, we've talked about the cause. I love them. But I mean, it's like, it's so funny that they're so in, like we're so in for certain concepts and it it's alien to us. But then like you, like you shift over and if it's something adjacent, like horror movies, right? Like it, if it's a screen movie, I'm going to see it. I may not see it the first weekend. I may not see it on opening night, but I'm going to see it, right? Yeah. Like I'm in the bag for it the way that my dad is in the bag for Costner. <laughs> which is such a weird thing right like we're we're like we we end up growing these con like these collectively we all like grow these tastes it's funny right like how like all of us watching certain things informed on what people ended up making 20 years later and just to kind of like you know get like scream right like we scream was bore out of the slasher films of the 80s, right? The, the Jamie Lee Curtis slasher films, Prom Night, Halloween, Terror Train, all of those movies, like, I mean, Kevin Williamson specifically said, like, you know, he like Jamie Lee Curtis was his hero. Was his hero. Which itself and, was born out of Hitchcock's Psycho. I mean, really, that's exactly. the, like the, the... The mother becomes the daughter, yeah. the daughter becomes the mother. <laughs> and even now, like, Jamie Lee, like, we're in an era where... Like, so, like, you know, like you were saying, it started with Psycho, right? With Hitchcock inventing a, a genre, which he really did with Psycho, right? The slasher film is started there. And then the Italians take it over and create something. And then John Carpenter does this weird meta casting with Jamie Lee Curtis. And that's how we get to the slashers. And then we make a whole bunch of slashers. And then in the 90s, we do the whole thing of like, I know what you did last summer, uh, Scream, and we go back to the slashers. We come back this this time, but we're doing remakes and reimaginations and reboots and legacy sequels. It, it's kind of funny the way where horror goes wherever the populace goes. And I think that that's probably where, and also because it's cheap to make, you're always going to get young, talented people to make things that are elevated. Like, or at least elevated for the time. Um, part of the reason why I think that and slashers end up like you know slash the slasher ended up becoming what it became was because there. I mean, I mean there's a so point. Friday, Friday the Thirteenth is a is a good yeah. Like it's literally somebody going like it's not set at a hotel. It's they they took Psycho and they completely inversed it, like. Yeah. It's okay. It's not set at a hotel. It's set at a camp in the woods. Okay. Psycho, uh, the son is become pretending to be the mother. Um, and so Friday the 13th, the mother's pretending to be the son. Yes. Like it, it's the complete inverse. And, it, it, you know, like uh, Halloween does it like really only owes itself as a slasher movie to just the idea of like you stumbled into this thing and you, you know, you didn't know that you were in a horror movie. Like that's the idea behind Halloween is like, you don't know what the fuck is going on. You know, Janet Lee yeah. 
the whole like first what thirty minutes of Psycho has nothing to fucking do with Norman Bates. Nothing. Absolutely not. It's, it's like about a, it's this whole money scheme. A, a, a robbery. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's only when she decides that she's going to go back and she's like, okay, well, just this, just this. Like, I couldn't imagine. Like, I was thinking about it, and it's like, it's very weird because if you think about it, it's like, could you imagine sitting down and only seeing that Hitchcock trailer of like like you know people will not be admitted after the movie has started um and please keep the surprises quiet could you imagine opening night sitting down on a Friday fucking night and want, oh we're gonna go see the new Hitchcock film with Janet Lee and by 30 minutes this little weird creepy kid who seems very nice is covering up for his mother like the 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 the, the rug and carpet just yanked from underneath you the trap door and you're just falling down a pit like i could not imagine what a, uh, an audience in 1960 thought of that movie and also like how it continues to evolve and then when you get to the puncher like you, when you get to finally meet um norman's mother and the surprise there i mean it's like it's weird to think that that was like bigger than the sixth sense like the sixth sense like we all like you know held, held the secret and stuff which was cool but it was psycho before it that did that right yeah i couldn't even imagine like if i could go back like you know they're always talking about if you could erase like you know your mind your movie mind memory and then jump into a point where you could watch something for the first time have no prior knowledge of it but also the spindle of like it's it's cause on just to see the movie and react to it the way that an audience would react when you first saw it, I would say Psycho. Because I couldn't imagine the kind of like shock it brought to somebody when like 30 minutes in, your 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 heroine is killed. But not just killed, like she's stabbed to death. So you and you see her get put into the the lake. Like that's wild, right? Like wild. Yeah, um, which, so, uh, you know, to uh, not bring it full circle, but maybe take it all the way back mm-hmm. to its origins. So, like, that the thing about horror is, like, it's the one of the only, like, actual genres that predates, like, it, it's one of the first fucking things we do with film, right? Like, the... Probably yes. the first thing people do with film is the thing nobody wants to talk about, which is nudity, sex, <laughs> all of that. Nudity. Like, yes, yeah, exactly. that, that's the, oh, we're not going to talk about that. Because the first thing we do with any new technology is figure out a way to turn it into pornography. Um, yep. The second thing we do is figure out a way to fucking scare people with it. Like, it, it's, you know, there were, there was dr- the drama and sci-fi-ish stuff, but like, I mean, one of the earliest movies is fucking Nosferatu. Like, yeah, it's and it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> like that movie is terrifying. It really is. Um, Max Shrek. I mean, like, there's like Max Shrek is such a 
such a visual, visually stunning character. And Nosferatu is, is that they made a movie about the making of that with the concept that Max Shrek was actually a fucking vampire starring. And they turned it into a horror know. comedy. It's fucking yeah. great, man. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Like, I, I fucking love that movie. Um, John Malkovich, uh, like, Malkovich and Defoe, the only way that it could have gotten better is if they had somehow found a way to cast Nicolas Cage, who produced the film. Um, so I just, I, oh man. I, 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 Googled, yeah, I just Googled the first horror movie. And it th- that mm-hmm. obviously isn't because that that's what early 1900s, um, um, it, 1920s, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, the first horror movie is uh, the French dude. Uh, so the earliest films, oh, were the, yeah, mid 1890s. By 1898, he he had made. Uh, the Haunted Castle or or House of the Devil or however you want to translate oh. the and that's considered the first horror movie. So like you're you're talking about not even a decade into moving not even five years really into moving pictures and it it's we got a horror movie. You know? Like yeah it, it it's it's crazy. And then like if you like we're talking about twist endings like Psycho, Psycho informs the slasher genres, but like twist endings, like the first twist ending in cinema is probably the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Caligari, yeah. It, where it's just like, oh fuck, that. like he's in an insane asylum. And, and that's the uh, what the, the German expressionism. I mean, was, so it's yeah. it's like late twenties. That's 20s. the twenties. That's like 20s. yeah. Yeah, that's like the the uh, probably I'd, I'd have to Google uh, uh, what you might call it to see when it came out. But I think you're right. Uh, it was in the 20s. Nineteen nineteen twenty exactly. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, th- it's just fucking weird that like it's one of the first. I'm, Honestly, unintentionally, one of the first things motion pictures ever did was scare the fuck out of people because it was just a video of a train and people didn't know what the fuck um, moving pictures were. And they they thought the train was going to just run them over and went running out of the the tinted theater that they were in. Uh, It's just it's bizarre, man. (laughs) Like how are just. It stands that every we talk about westerns, you know, had their time. Superhero movies are gonna have had their time. Even comedies, like they always exist, but there is this rise and ebb and fall of like, oh, you know, everybody's making comedies and they're huge, and then nobody's making comedies and they're all like direct to video Netflix stuff. Yes, you know. Where you just can't go to the theater. I, I mean, right now, if you want to go see a funny movie, I wouldn't even know what the fuck to tell you to go see. Like, is there a comedy playing right now? Cocaine uh, Bear? Champions, but it's not really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Champions. Champions, yeah. but but that's also more of a more of a drama drama yeah. with some light com or com- comedic moments. But no, yeah, there's, there's not a fucking that, like, comedy. Yeah. Um. It. it but. Man, every three or four months, there's a fucking horror movie, dude. 
Like yes, it's there is. Just like and there always will be. This it's just always there, man. It is crazy, and you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, um, there's a few non. We uh, it was. I mean, I guess intentionally so. A whole rant, two hours on horror movies. There was a it, couple of news things that we didn't uh, didn't even start with news like we usually do. Um, all right, news, so, items. news. Okay, so Star Wars. They have officially shelved Rogue Squadron, which pissed me off. Yeah. Kevin Feige's vague Star Wars project has been shelved. Don't care. I, hopefully it's so that Kevin Feige can just fully get back invested in the MCU and kind of, I don't want to say right the ship because I don't think it's completely off course, but it, it definitely took a little detour in phase four. Yes. Um, and, but meanwhile, I, I don't, I know... Taika Waititi has his face. I, I know, and yeah. I don't hate the guy, but like, that was the big thing. It was like, well, but it seems like Taika Waititi's Star Wars film is still happening, and he also wants to star in it. And I'm like, well, fucking, of course he does. Like, and I'm just like so disheartened by that. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, I, I don't understand. Okay. So. The thing is, is that um, we still heard that that Johnson's trilogy of non-force related Star Wars movies is still in the works. He's just busy with other stuff, um, which means that he's not going to get it for get to it in the next at least I mean, three or four. Netflix years. paid him a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, well, they they paid him for two uh, Benoit Blanc films. So yeah, and then now. Now, with Poker Face. Poker Face, yeah. Which, uh, holy shit, did you two. see the finale? Oh, hell yeah, I did. Like, that was... I was not expecting where it went, but I absolutely was expecting where it went. Like, at the yeah. end, it's like, oh my goodness, I'm not going to ruin it for anybody, because, I mean, I know we ruin everything, but this one, like, wow. Like, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting, right? Like, how they... they I feel like the best part about it was the joke was yeah. the was the what you're not going to yeah oh i just told you to, i just was trying to find you i mean at first like you know at, at the, the first he obviously was because like he was blaming her for the death of his yeah. son but like yeah it, it's by the time you get to and, and realizing it had been a year like over a year yeah you know like the whole first season takes place over a year and change so mm -hmm. um and benjamin bratt man it's like fucking the just the the like smash cut to him like like nope mister again nope mister like having watched all those episodes and like him being just right on her tail every time was so good uh, anyway, yeah. no, it was sidetracked. Sidetracked, but I mean that's okay. Uh, that's so. Like, I feel like okay. So, Taika starring in it. Does that indicate? Okay, so like, does that indicate it's an IG eleven movie? I mean, I, I doubt it. I, I, I think he yeah. wants to do some big swashbuckling kind of. And maybe it'll be fun. Um, 
I just, I, I, I this it sounds so shitty because again, I don't dislike the guy. Mm-hmm. He's not fucking Terry Gilliam, man. Like you're just not, dude. You don't. Yeah. I don't think you have the imagination and the wherewithal and the like, the ability to. I mean. Gilliam had has had his moments where it didn't quite succeed either, but like you you think you're making these like weird Gilliam type like comedy drama things and like it just Thor Love and Thunder was just not good, man. And I can't see anybody watching that being like, Yeah, we should still let him do a Star Wars movie. And let him like fully be in control. Now I'm saying that maybe they are have reined him in because I feel like they yeah. gave him way too much leeway with Love and Thunder. Like there was nobody, not not Kevin Feige didn't feel like he was looking over his shoulder, going like, "You can't do this." Like it needs to be yeah. more streamlined, more focused, more like you can't just be all over the place. You know, but also like, you know, like, let's be honest, that's that's Feige's fault. That's Feige's fault for for having a good experience with Taika for Ragnarok Mm -hmm. and them all just agreeing that it was like, you know, this is what they're going to do. Right. Like they're going to do they're going to let him do Love and Thunder and just have Taika. I mean, we were all in the back. We just didn't expect it to be so sloppy. Especially yeah. after his other movies. Now, here's the thing that everybody is not talking about is that Taika has a movie in the can that Fox is super, super, super high on. Um, it's the movie about the um, the uh, rugby club that lost 50 to 0. Yeah. And, and then came back um, starring Michael Fassbender. And I've heard that that movie is, like, is going to be Fox's like push for Oscar season because it's that good. It's that feel good sports movie, but elevated and done in the Taika Waititi way that Jojo Rabbit was done, or, or his other movies. So it could is, very. But well is be that there. the thing? Does he just need to stick to, like, you making your stuff works, dude? You playing in yeah. other people's sandboxes, it worked one time really well, and I I know it's. Basically, you're just one for one, but mm-hmm. do you want him to be one for two and strike out with a Star Wars movie? Absolutely not. But at this point, like, so the thing is that Star Wars, okay, so like the worst part about this, all of this is, is that Star Wars has done what Star Trek, what Star Trek did in the early, in 2008 which it shouldn't have done, which was they lost track of where they're good. Like Star Wars and Star Trek are two very separate entities. Now go with me on this. Star Wars is cinema and films. Um, Star Trek is TV. Now, of course, they both intermingle now, but I feel like Star Wars is strength as we're seeing. And, you know, I did, we did watch the, like, you know, it's just like, I liked the new, like, I liked the second episode of The Mandalorian because it kind of gave me context that so fucking we're not going to, seriously, like, the all the flowers to Kate, uh, Katie Sackhoff, like, even my wife was like, 
where the fuck is she? Where is she from? I'm like, I, you didn't watch Battlestar? She goes, no, of course I didn't. I was, I was a kid and I wasn't into sci-fi. That's okay. Well, she's from that and so much more. And I'm like, and she's just, they're giving her, you know, they're giving her the treatment. And that's, I'm fucking so for that. Like this episode, why didn't they do a two episode? That's what I want to know. I, so I I found out that they did a two episode premiere for the people that they screened it for when it was screened like uh, within a week before the first episode dropped. Yeah. The people that went to the theater, I think it was only an LA screening, but the uh-huh. press screening or whatever, they all got yeah, to yeah, see yeah. the first two episodes. I was just like, well, that's some bullshit, man, because like. I wouldn't have been as negative on the first episode if it had been both of those episodes. You know, I wouldn't have been ecstatic that that we we burned through two episodes in one week. But like, yeah, man, it's like 40 minutes long. It it does still have that like video gamey fetch quest thing going on. But like it delivers on that. It's not just the fucking fetch quest. It is like it builds up and it has like it furthers the mythology of all of it like we learn stuff about mandalore that unless you're like deep deep into star wars culture nerdiness you you don't really know you know like it's it was such a good episode that like even the things that i didn't love about it, it it didn't matter because it was so much fun so and I so badly wanted that thing to be General Grievous. Uh, me and Jacob argued. Yes. It. It was like, why would it be Grievous? I was like, I don't know, man. Maybe just his fucking eyeball survived. <laughs> Seriously, no. But that, like, that, that's what, when I saw it, I was like, oh, but no. But I mean, like, I, but this is what it's good at. Okay, so, like, like, oh, thank God. Like, you know, like I, like I said, like, I was, like, so relieved after I watched this fucking episode. But... Star Wars is meant for the big screen. And I feel like we've gotten off track just like, but Star Trek course corrected and went back to TV and it's beautiful and it's amazing. And it it works. I love it. I love the shows that they have on, on Paramount plus now they got back to basics. I feel like we really need to get back to basics with Star Wars. We need to see it on the big screen because as much as I like the TV, there's something that's lacking and I could never put my finger on it. And it was, it, it, it became salient to me when the premiere episode happened and the snap, the giant snapping turtle. Yeah. And I mean, I have a big screen. I have an 85 inch 4k, right. And we're kind of close to it. So it's, it's pretty big, but I kept on thinking to myself, if I had seen this on IMAX, if I had seen this in a movie in IMAX, it would have been very, 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 very different. It, and that's what Star Wars is. It's it's big spectacle. Like we can go around like, you know, the like, you know, the concepts and the themes and the hardiness of the of the films, but ultimately Star Wars is spectacle. And you can't have spectacle on small screen. I mean, Tom Cruise proved that this year, so much or last year, so much so that he got an Oscar, he got he got a first producing oscar nomination out of top gun maverick because collectively we were all in for it and that's the thing that i keep on going back to which is is that star wars needs to be spectacle it needs to be big it like i understand the concepts that they're dealing with and that's great but 
imagine if the Mandalorian was a three was was a trilogy of movies, and they dropped a lot of the shit that we didn't need and focused on certain things. I mean, right? Like that would be that would be something that, like the Mandalore part one or the Mandalorian one, two, and three, like if it was a trilogy, and we I mean, just saw it over yeah. Christmas. And we got a, a a Boba Fett trilogy, like uh, you yeah. know, maybe post Clone Wars Boba Fett, pre you know Star Wars Boba Fett, and then you know exactly. got a then got a after, you know, and then like two movies set after the fall of the Empire with Boba Fett, kind of one that brings him back, and then uh, or you could, I guess you could do it all in one movie. Either way, like you could have made it. Like the big spectacle of it all um, Yes And what what makes me so mad Is I, I saw several headlines That were basically like You know blaming Solo for this because Solo Underperformed well uh, Here's the thing Solo underperformed because Disney was like oh Like we're gonna put this I mean it was it, four months after Uh Last Jedi Yeah um, four, four months after Last Jedi, and everybody like if they'd have pushed it to December, it, on... it would have been a totally different thing, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and and let's be honest, the behind the scenes drama really soured a lot of people. Like yeah. my first viewing of it was soured by, by that because all I could kept on thinking about was Lord and Miller's are geniuses. Why did we hand it off to to Howard Kathleen Kennedy? What the fuck? Like everything that you heard, like all the behind the scenes stuff, like it just was not like, I don't even care if we in 25 years get to see Solo in their form. Like, you know, like they, they end up pulling a Donner, right? Do you remember like, like the Donner, uh, Superman two? I don't even care about that. Like, it's just like, if it happens, it happens. But at the same, like now, because I've, I've had time with it, like it's a good movie. Like we've said before, it's a good fucking movie. I said and it, it on deserves... Facebook to somebody the other day. They they were like, I don't know, understand why Solo gets so much hate. I was like, I agree. Here's the thing. I'm not saying it's the it, it's best or even top two. Disney's made five Star Wars movies. I firmly believe that Solo is at least better than two of them. Yes. So <laughs> like I <laughs> like. Okay, so like there are there are three like for me in the post the post Lucas era the post uh, the uh, post creator era oh that is so funny like post creator a uh, creator because they call him the creator but I mean like creator the yeah. but post Lucas era there's only three like there's two good Star Wars movies there's one decent Star Wars movie and then the other two are just like meh so. Rogue One is my favorite, so, followed by Solo. Like it's a tie between Solo and Last Jedi for me. Um, and then the other, the JJ ones, the remakes of of La- uh, A New Hope and and Return of the Jedi are just they're still babies to me. Like I just yeah. literally look at them and I do something. I, I was so something. so high on Force Awakens when it came out, and now when I rewatch yeah. it, all I see is the problematic bullshit of it all. I'm like, this is. This movie is treading fucking water. Like the only, like the character work is pretty good, but like even that is like fucking weird. Like y- you know, 
I don't. They had no idea where they were going with right. The the shit that works in that movie is the the Poe stuff works. I think pretty well. Uh, yeah, uh, Poe and Finn I think works pretty well. Um, and like the the battle scenes I think are are really really good. But like it, it the solo stuff, uh, Han Solo stuff is okay once you get past the Raptor thing. And because, yes. like, in hindsight, like the Raptor stuff, like, makes no fucking sense. Like, that this no. 15 minutes of this movie that has nothing to do with anything. Like, Abs- nothing. Ab- no, absolutely. Um. Well, I like, mean, like, I, it, yeah, like. <laughs> It's, it's like it's he's a video like, game. You know what I really liked? I liked that scene in Star Wars where they landed on what they thought was a meteor, but it was like a big giant space monster, and they were like cleaning off the 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 bats. And I really liked that scene. I want to do something like that. But here's the thing with that scene: like, it actually like yes, it is a minor detour, but it, there's a reason for the fucking scene. Like they're on the run from the Empire. Like. This it's like this just like snowball rolling down a hill, like crashing into things kind of scene. Like it just doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense in the the like overall scheme of it, you know? Because no, like okay, oh not, he's yeah. he's on the run from these other syndicates. Like okay, but like that's never. I mean, I, I know it doesn't get followed up on in later movies because he fucking dies. But like it's it's just a plot thread that never gets followed up on guess what like george lucas did that to han solo in the first fucking star wars movie guess what by the time you get to the end of the second star wars movie that shit caught up to han man <laughs> like it did fucking frozen in carbonite and taken to java hut and java the hut like it, it like it just uh, yeah jj i mean i don't know man like I, I just don't know. I, like I like his I like his TV stuff. Yeah, I, I like I, his TV stuff. I like his. I, I like, like that his first Star Trek, Trek for what it is. <laughs> well, first, like I, I mean, I think I've I've yeah, I, but I mean, okay, let's be honest. Like the first two Star Trek movies for him are like are like Star Trek by way of Star Wars. Oh, like yeah, it really feel like. I used uh, to I mean, work. Like, I used to work with this dude. I. And I, I burned him because uh, he talked about Trek all the time. He didn't like Star Wars. He loved yeah. Star Trek. And he was always talking about Star Trek. And I, I do like Star Trek, too. But, like, I got so tired of hearing it. that Like, uh, he sat, like, three cubicles down from me. <laughs> my boss sat in between us. And my boss liked Star Trek, too. And uh, he was, they were going on and on about something. I just yelled across the room. I was like, you know what, man? The only time Star Trek was fucking interesting was when they made those new movies. And you know why? It's because they were just like fucking Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) And it's true. It's true. Um, Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not a fan of, like... I um I'm not like I know that it's probably become abundantly apparent that I'm Team Reeves when it comes to JJ and and Matt Reeves, but I'm really not a fan of his Star Wars films. And the the farther away that I get from them, the more I'm like, mm-hmm. <sighs> it's weird because God. the opposite thing happened with the prequels, right? Part of that is that yeah. we got the Clone Wars. I know we've already talked about this, but like. The further away we got from the prequels, the more we were able to appreciate them. And then the further away we get from 
at least JJ's movies, uh, I will always have a soft spot in my heart for uh, The Last Jedi. But, like, it's also yeah. got some moments where it's like, the fuck is going on? Um, they, I, I still I don't like the Canto Bite stuff. I'll never like the Canto Bite stuff. I think <laughs> it's just like, that's such a fucking, like, just bizarre thing in the middle of the movie. But, like, whatever. Um, uh, yeah, the further away I get from those movies, the the less I really love them, you know. And hopefully that'll mm-hmm. change. Um, like, I hope we get to revisit those characters. Because I actually do like the characters. Like, I think Ray is great for the most part. Um, it, it's bullshit they killed off Kylo Ren because... Like, I'm sorry, like, if you were going to keep going, you keep going with that character. Because, holy shit, what an arc. Like, yes, you know, that's, very the, much so. that's the one you should have pinned your hopes on. That's the dude you should have been like, hey, man, we need you for, like, six movies. So, yep. you know, and you keep that, and you just make these personal films about him trying to, like, redeem himself, you know? Uh, it doesn't have to be like galaxy Star Wars spanning stuff. It just, you know, personal shit. But it's whatever. Um, and and Poe and Finn, man, like, just give me the fucking buddy movie with those guys. Like, exactly. It, it's just, it's fun, man. It, it, but you just, you wasted them, you know, with bullshit revisits of like, oh, well, the, they bash the prequels because they're not like the originals. We'll just remake the originals. Is that, anyway, so the, long story short, I, you know, I guess you feel like me. You're pretty disappointed that, like, especially Rogue Squadron. Like, the Kevin yeah, Feige Ro- thing like, was on. so vague that it was just like, all right, whatever. Yeah. He likes Star Wars just like everybody else. And if they're going to give him one, of course he wants to make one. Um, yeah. But, uh, Absolutely. So we also found out that uh, Amazon has picked up the uh, the Batman show that Zaslav yes. canceled. <laughs> Which that's weird. That that's weird. Like, but it makes um, it makes sense because they're just selling it. They're not making it right. Like they're making it, they're producing it, but at the end of the day, um, like they don't have to invest any money because they're basically having Amazon do that. But here's the here's the thing that I worry about, and you probably are worrying about the same fucking thing, is that so they already bought MGM. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, a good a good start and a terrible finish. uh, no, no, no. It's the fact that, that that's the link between when is, those two things is JJ Abrams is yep. involved. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. I was also worried about the fact that is this the beginning of Amazon trying to purchase Warner Brothers? Because Zaz is all about selling things. That's exactly what I, Spencer texted texted me uh, about it, and I said mm-hmm. my only response was Amazon will own Warner Brothers inside of five years. And I don't think it'll take that long. So I don't um, think so either. I think that that well, they've had these really weird restructuring bonus plans. 
Um, it Warner Brothers and this make and go with me on this. It's all based off of stock, and guess who gets the most stock based off of based off of their their loss to game ratio? Zaz. <laughs> Duh. So <laughs> a doll, like you know, like when you're this the, the head and you write the rules. We're gonna restructure everything so that fucking I get everything and you get shit. I guarantee you that Warner Brothers does not want to deal with, or Amazon will not want to deal with that. They will strike when the iron is hot. Yep. And I guarantee you within the next 18 months, they buy, they buy Warner Brothers discovery. Right, so you don't even and know like years. So nah, um, 18 yeah. months because who wants to deal with Zaz? And so the thing is with Amazon own, own MGM and Warner Brothers. Yep. Well, here's the thing is that. Two so old school did you hear studios. about, <laughs> yep. Well, did you hear what I, like? So Amazon had a huge hit with Creed. I mean, it made up. Yep. It made oh yeah. Million. We're getting a fucking Creed cinematic universe now. <laughs> we are where Stallone is is welcome back now. Like yeah. you know before, like there was some whole tenuous thing. But but here's the thing: they made they in the last week they've made deals with at least five creatives via their their MGM. They're trying to be creator friendly. And if your if your eyesight is on the prize, which is Warner Brothers, I mean that's like that's as big as like people don't really understand. That's as big as Disney. Like it doesn't seem like it right now because they're in the shit can. But that includes DC. That includes Warner Brothers it, it, Music. That includes all. Of them. It, it's a massive fucking library that exactly. is absolutely going to waste. And you know they they want to shore up. The Lord Lord of the Rings stuff Amazon does because we know Bezos is a big fan of Lord of the Rings. Yep. I mean that's how you do it. So yep. um the only other Harry thing Potter? Fuck, man. Yeah. The only other Ugh. thing I was gonna say, speaking of Disney, is uh mm -hmm. John Berthal's back, baby. Okay, so can I can I can I pose something to you <laughs> about this? I'm happy. Only if they make him a villain. Only if they, they, they get rid of this. They make him the worst possible version of him. And make him a true villain. Not an anti-hero that sticks up for everybody. But like a true threatening villain. Like it's the only way that I feel like. I'm, I'm happy. That's awesome. But like. He I was real. About it like either they're paying him a lot of money. Or they're actually doing something cool unique like mm -hmm. purposeful with the character because he was very adamant that like i'm not coming back to play the punisher like no matter what they say if it's not something that sounds interesting i'm not coming back to play a milk toast version of this character so yeah i i'm i'm excited like i was already excited a little upset that they're not bringing the rest of the cast back um Specifically, Foggy and Karen. I understand it is but what it is. I, I, well, I'll counter this. Do you think that the reason why it was such a trudge to get through the later seasons was because of Foggy and, and Karen? I mean, and they 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 did. Like, I enjoyed it, but it does kind of pull away from. Like, you just want to see Daredevil, you know? You want to see yes. that stuff. So, if we're yeah. going superhero, like, crime-fighting heavy in the show, 
and then it it makes sense if they're not like a huge part of it you know um yeah and if it literally is just daredevil kingpin um and punisher and like these two characters coming at this problem from a different like two different points of view and then also fighting with each other which is classic comic book daredevil punisher kingpin shit like i'm I'm in Mm -hmm. like i'm just yes yes let's go so um anyway yeah that that was really the only news um but uh yeah excited to go watch scream tomorrow um next saturday i will be out of town so uh we won't get to talk uh on the podcast at least any oscar stuff or um anything like that but uh i mean we can save it for the next the short week. yeah but the short of it is is that if michelle and keekwon uh, uh and keekwon yeah. don't win we're rioting yeah if brendan fraser doesn't win you know? uh, and every, everything air everywhere all at once before the oscars has even aired is now either the most or one of the most uh awarded films of all time like it, it, it is, right. yeah, it, it is just yeah. raked it in, and I hope, I hope it fucking takes every Oscar home. I mean, there's a few that if it gets a, doesn't win, I won't be super mad about, but like, I I hope it wins everything. So, yep, um, yeah, no, absolutely, it, it's the movie that deserves it, um, because it's the best movie of the year. It's still like I was kind of trying to keep pulling like. There's nothing that's I don't even know if like it's like one of those Mad Max situations where it's just like it's just too fucking good. Like there's not gonna be there's gonna be there's not gonna be another movie for like another eight to ten years that's gonna be as good as this. Like that's the craziest part to me about this, is that as good as Avatar 2 was, it's nowhere near everything everywhere and yeah, all no. at once. Like it's the and I mean, and that's fucking James Cameron at his best, at his I'ma prove you wrong. I'm gonna prove you again wrong. I'm gonna make a movie that makes two and a half billion dollars this time. And guess what? You got we got more coming at you. Um, which is like, you know, like ultimately, like I like like it's like wow, what a time to be alive. Like what a time to be alive that I I, I never thought that I never contemplated, even though like she's one of my favorite actresses. Like I've had a crush on her all of my life that I've known her since Supercop is where I really kind of like like you know knew the michelle knew who michelle yo was and then went back and to see one of my favorite actresses win like like somebody who's just steeped in genre win best actress would just be for a movie that is steeped in genre it's not like she went to awards fodder and like played some real life tragic hero that died or anything like that no she was in a genre film and She's like, I hope, I hope to God she wins. Like, I really do feel like it's the best performance by a long shot. I mean, a close, like a distant, distant, distant second is, of course, the goat, Kate uh, Kate Blanchett in Tar. But I mean, she's the only thing that's good in Tar. Oh my God, did I say that? Oh my God, (laughs) I do not like Tar. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, I mean, it's good, but it's all her performance. I mean, I would not recommend it. I think I've even told you that. Eh, I mean, if you don't, if you, if you want to see a, a great performance mired by a very slow film, go right ahead. We'll watch it. Um, but anyway, yeah, we're all going to be rooting for it. And 
um, I really hope to God that he that, that it all takes it all. If we'll know early because Best Supporting Actress is up, and if Stephanie Hugh wins, we know that it's gonna be it's gonna be go time. Who, yeah. like, you know, who deserves that Oscar just as much as Michelle Yeoh and Kihu uh, Kwan. Like, I mean, I'm gonna probably cry my eyes out when I watch Kiku Kwan win win the because I mean he's a lock, right? Like, there's nobody else. I, I hope right? so, man. I hope so. <laughs> I don't know what he's gonna say when he gets <laughs> up there because at this point he's thanked everybody. <laughs> but you know, yeah, it, it'll be what it is. Um, so and just, uh, if that happens, I will say one more thing. If that happens, the adventures of short round motherfuckers. I, I mean, it, it bet, needs to yeah, happen. It needs to happen. It really does. <laughs> Um, all right, so go check out everything else we're doing over at xwingfiles.com. Gonna be uh, probably a quiet week or so as I'm on vacation, but you know, I, hopefully, we'll get some stuff here and there. Um, I will be on vacation, I will be back in town sometime like not next weekend because that's when I'm leaving to go out of town, but the week after that, I'll be here with plenty of free time, so maybe I can. Uh, I don't know, get some various podcasts recorded uh, about certain things because uh, I'll be seeing Shazam uh, next weekend as well. So, yeah, um, I have then, a bunch of catch up to do next week. So um, maybe we can have a we, we can definitely have like a an off episode sometime middle week if you're off. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. All no. Right. Um, and then go check out everything Adam's doing. Um Lots of great write-ups. I'm sure there's probably be some post-Oscars stuff too. So, yeah, there there, there will be. Um, the The big thing is next week your um, How to Train Your Dragon um, episode. Or, um, um, Jesus Christ, uh, issue of uh, of um, Moving Pictures is going to post, and I will tell you, dude. Like, dude, you made me cry. You made me cry in the <laughs> in the writing. And then I went back and I watched the movie and I, I had to stop it. Like, I had to stop it as soon as they were, fl- like, the flying, I couldn't handle it, dude. I don't know what happened to me. I don't know what this fucking 40, almost 45-year-old man who never cried, never got emotional in his entire life became a sopping wet napkin. Because, like, dude, I couldn't even get through it. As soon as they started flying and that fucking score came on. I thought about what your what your niece said to you. Oh, God dang, nah, I can't, I can't turn it off. Damn it, too much, <laughs> too much. Um, it's a great it, it's a it's a great volume of moving pictures, guys, and kind of a continuation of the uh, the Breakfast Club uh, issue or volume um, dealing with generational trauma. It's great. I can't wait for you guys to read it. It'll be posting on Friday and it'll be over the weekend. Um, it'll stay over the weekend. So it'll be at the top of the page. I'm really excited about that. That's the thing that I'm most excited about this, this week coming, uh, being posted. Uh, so, so yeah, no, read it, uh, on the movie all.com and where you can read my work and Marie's work. Marie's been getting a little busy. Um, she's got a film festival coming up, so there's going to be a bunch of uh, stuff from her too. Which, again, we got to get, we got to find the right thing to get her on for. Yeah. Like, I feel like either her or I mean, we could we could talk offline about like who our first guest should be. I mean, I feel like I'm it should a be Marie. Her or Spencer. Uh, no, okay, yeah. Spencer never has time doing things. Got two kids. <laughs> <laughs> This is true. <laughs> this is so true. I texted um, something and then he'll text me back like three days later. Like I, I texted him that joke about uh, Bruce Willis and John Travolta 
like oh, them seeing yes. each other in Pulp Fiction, it's funnier when you realize that like they're the father and son from Look Who's Talking. And yes. I, I texted like three days later, he was like, ha 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 ha. And I was like, dude. <laughs> I texted you that three <laughs> days ago. He was like, yeah, I know. I forgot to respond. <laughs> like, I know, I know. You got, you got one kid who's, you know, he's, what, seven now? So, like, he's just, yeah. you know, curious and all over the place and just always wanting to do stuff. And he got one that's just learned to walk. So, like... It's just, it's a nightmare for him. So I, I'm just, <laughs> I don't, don't even ask stuff. Like I'm, I'm going to see him when I go out of town. And like, at this point, I don't know that he remembers that, that that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going <laughs> to show up at his house and he's going to be like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, and with um, that. Um, <laughs> so we'll be back. Yeah. Soon-ish? Two weeks. Yeah, two, two weeks. weeks. From now. So. Yes. Sometime, you know. Um, but, you know, uh, we will be back and talking all the good stuff um, and catching up. And we'll have another super big episode for you guys, I'm fairly certain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Plenty to, we'll have plenty to talk about then. So uh, we'll, we'll see Absolutely. you guys in a few weeks. Simpsons, number nine TV, number ten, every single band that I stole all their MP3s, but they're really all sold out. Get all together, you with me now. Nerds ruin everything. 